Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up and welcome to Serious Issues, a wicked comic book podcast brought to you by the good people at King's Comics in Sydney. How good are those people, Siobhan? They're so great. How come? Why? Why are they particularly good this week? Um, Particularly this week is because... As with every local comic book store around the world, we just partook in Free Comic Book Day, which is just the biggest day on the nerd calendar. And everyone, like, we've, we've had such a good day at King's. It was such a fun day. And everyone works so hard. Like, it's a really fun day for everyone. But if you have a retailer that took part in it, go give them, like, cookies. a hug or don't, don't hug them. Don't hug them. That can be uncomfortable. Bring them cookies or like add something to a standing order or something because everyone works so hard and retailers put a lot of time, money and effort into it. And at King's, um, everyone really worked their butts off and it was a really good day. So thanks to everyone who came down, by the way. And uh, if you were were not based in Sydney, hopefully you saw Siobhan take over the uh, DC Comics Instagram. Yeah, you might have seen my head. We had had Nicholas Scott (laughs) in my my gigantic belly. Um, It's full of baby. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we had Nicholas Scott signing. And because she she did the gold um, free comic book day DC issue, DC asked us to do a little takeover of their site of their Instagram stories account, which was really, really cool, especially because we got it for like a full day because we were um, ahead in the time zone. We were like the first free comic book day. And they were like, um, we don't want to, we don't want to like talk to anyone else in Australia yeah, or New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, no, fuck everyone else. Kings is the only one that we care about. <laughs> um, and so I got to do a couple of fun little live chats with Nicola about her work as well as just showing everyone like all the fun that we had. We had some amazing cosplayers. Um, face painting. Was a really good day. Yeah. Face painting, trivia, uh, I can't even remember now. Yeah, I'm Siobhan's so dead. still in the same clothes that I saw. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, never yeah. taking off my King's co- Comics hoodie. <laughs> it is the most comfortable hoodie of all time. Uh, so yeah, that was Siobhan. She's yes. one of my co. She is my co-host. Oh yeah, hello, Siobhan Coombs. Everybody, my name is Andrew Levins. This is Serious Issues, and uh, what we do each week is we review all the comic book week, comic books that came out last week. We let you know which are the good ones that you should be reading too and which ones maybe you should avoid for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we begin each episode by reviewing all the number ones that came out last week. And um, this was the most... I'm pretty sure this is on record as the most number ones I've ever read in one week. There was so many this week, guys. I read 22. I read less than that because I had to plan for a comic book day. Yeah, fair but, enough. But um, I still read you'll, a lot. You'll, you can have this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we call this segment First Things First. And uh, it is a good opportunity for you to find out which new series you can get on board from the get-go and uh, 
So when when they get when 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 they inevitably get very popular and cool because we're going to tell you that they're the cool ones and yeah. our, our uh, predictions always come true. Always. Uh, you, you can you can you know you can say you're a day oneer. So first things first, <laughs> let's kick it off with uh, Marvel, who for some reason put out fucking five, six, six number ones this week. Um, and uh, the biggest number one they put out was the number one of their big new event, Secret Empire, written by Nick Spencer. Uh, art on this one by Steve McNiven. The great Steve McNiven. The great Steve McNiven, who was doing one issue of Secret Empire. Oh, really? <laughs> that sucks. Uh, I was like, man, I'm going to read all of this just because I love Steve McNiven so much. And the Matt Wilson covers are beautiful. Uh, colors, sorry, are beautiful. So with most of the series that we talk about today, you know, you can just pick up that number one and you've got a pretty good idea of, you know, you've got everything you need in that issue to mm. just, you know, you know, you know the story. Um, Secret Empire number one follows the trend that started with Civil War. Which uh, Civil War Two, sorry, the event last year at, through, through Marvel, where they put out a zero issue in which all the action happens, mm. like all all the big like the big event happens that then leads into the you know big comic book event. So in Civil War Two, it was Thanos attacking and killing um, War Machine and 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 taking um, She Hulk out. Um, so that happened in the zero issue. Then we got a free comic book day issue that was directly linked to Civil War Two as well. Yep. And that was like some other important stuff happened in that. Mm. And then finally in, in, in issue one of Civil War Two, it's like everybody deals with what's happened in those early issues. So to really get a good grasp of what's happening in Secret Empire One, you would have had to have read the zero issue that came out a couple of weeks ago um, in which... Captain America reveals to everybody that he is, has been Hydra all along and Whoa. suddenly it's the Hydra takeover. He, he, he like, you know, strands most of the powerful um, Earth heroes in space and the other ones, he, um, all of New York, he locks away in some weird dark dimension um, and then he takes over the world, basically. Mm. Um, so that- I, would, I would argue, though, that, like, it's a really weird thing, I always think, because event comics are, um, I think, like, sold as, like, this is something sick for everyone, but event comics are mostly made to like fix problems and continuity and tidy up elements of the universe. And they're never for casual readers. Like going back to like, if you try and just read like crisis on infinite earths on its own, it makes no sense. You have to have known what was going on at DC comics in like the seventies and eighties for that to make any sense whatsoever. So I always think it's weird that event comics are sold as like, well, because they like do an event, they, but they do sell. They, the, the yeah, that's the weirdest thing. Sell, that's the weird thing to me. I don't understand why casual readers are like, "Hell yeah, I want to read this totally incomprehensible book where Captain America is a fascist." Now, so we we reviewed the uh, zero issue in which all the shit went down. That, the art on that was by uh, Daniel Acuna, um, and then uh, did you read the free comic book day issue? Yeah, I did. I did. Art on that one was by Andrea uh, Sorrentino. Yep. And um, that that in that one basically it dealt with. Uh, all of the the good Avengers trying to take down Cap, and um, Cap reveals that he is able to control Thor and mm. actually wield Thor's hammer. Yeah, that's a confusing thing, right? Like, I almost was like, that's actually really interesting—an idea that like Cap is like Cap is Hydra, but also he's still worthy of carrying Thor's hammer. Yeah, uh, that's, that's weird. That happened in the in the, in the uh, Free Comic Book Day issue. If you if you haven't read that one. And then you read Secret Empire number one, and we're, and we're curious as to why Thor and Scarlet Witch and a few other good heroes are on the side of evil Hydra Cap. Um, then the, 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 like, he just kind of like, I guess he like whispers or something or does some weird hex spell to kind no, of get them on his know. side in, in, in the Free Comic Book Day issue. Um, yeah, so who, who, who have we got? Deadpool is also on his side for some reason, and Vision. 
I mean, it makes total sense to me. <laughs> I don't understand. So, Secret Empire, um, Hydra have taken over, and um, what they have done is just made uh, an entire comic book about about like you know instead of like this insane world that like you know oh my god everything's different now mm. we just get like a bunch of meetings. <laughs> That. Yeah, it's almost like it's kind of like an al- <laughs> like it feels like an alternate universe. Like this almost feels like a battle world kind of title, um, like the Secret Wars, except that it's not an alternate reality. It's just Hydra have come in and gone. Like actually, no, that was all like lies and propaganda. And Hydra are really the heroes. So you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome and, and 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 so I guess like you know a, a few months at the very least have passed since that zero issue. Yeah. Because Hydra are well and truly like you know like They're in schools. Yeah. <laughs> All the uh, kids are say say hail Hydra. An important point um which I think that they tried to make really clear in this comic is that a lot of people are like oh Captain America's a Nazi, Nazi cap, I hate this. There is a there is a like there is a big difference between Nazism and fascists. Like, all Nazis are fascists, but not all fascists are Nazis. And so I think that this is, like, fascist cap. This isn't Nazi cap. Because he's not, like, girl, I just hate Jews. You know, like... At least so far. That's, that's a bit of, like, there's a little bit of nuance there, maybe. Just a little bit. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. And that's the only nuance you'll find <laughs> in, this, in this event. Like, look, it's very easy to just be, like, just read through this issue. And, like, you know, there are a few dumb things that happened... Um, there's a resistance movement against Hydra, so it feels very much like Civil War again. Yeah. But these event books, like by and large, the first few issues of them were actually pretty fun. Yeah, I like. I think partially I was like, "Ooh, Steve McNiven. I love Steve McNiven." Um, this but is, I, I enjoy. This, this is not the best Steve McNiven's been though. No, but it's still like at least it's still Steve McNiven. I don't understand why you get Steve McNiven on a book and then be like, "Okay, cool. Now draw eighty pages of of <laughs> Captain Dr. Faustus Am- in a meeting." Oh no! Or, yeah, like just Captain America in meetings with people looking grumpy. Yeah. But look, he's a very, that's a very pensive Captain America face. And there's like, the, I, yeah, like this, this made me feel complicated because like this is such a weird evil cap, but in like subtle ways, like the fact that he's forcing Sharon to still kind of be in a relationship with him. Well, and he's like, come and have dinner with me. Yeah, and she's like, chained I don't up want at the dinner to. Table. Yeah, like, like, it's he- like it's really heavy and it's really hectic. And the fact that like, I, like Nick Spencer is funny. Like Dr. Faustus is doing chemtrails. <laughs> <laughs> and like um, putting uh, mind controlled drugs with fluoride in the drinking water. Like, that's very funny conspiracy theorist. Do you, do you reckon maybe um, Nick Spencer doesn't like Donald Trump? What do you think? <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. <laughs> He's really unclear about his political motivations in his work. Um, what's funny is that uh, there is a similar kind of um, in the Agents of Shield TV series that I watch. Mm. I, I used to like feel bad about watching it, but now it's like easily my favorite tv show that i watch especially like comic book kind of related tv show it's really really fun yeah and it actually feels the most comic booky but they're doing one where all the character all the main characters including characters that we haven't seen since like the first season are, are all now in like this like uh computer generated world where hydra is is in power has like yeah. kind of taken over and so most of the agents of shield now are agents of hydra um it's really really cool and, and a good kind of and it's again it's they're doing them doing their take on like extreme Trump as well. Right. So That's like, really yeah, funny. In both 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 Marvel's comics and TV shows are kind of having a bit of crack at, at Donald Trump. Nice. You know who is act like the one comic that is actively taking like a fuck this stance is um, 
Jim, Jim from King's Comics, favorite, uh, Savage Dragon. Savage Dragon is moving to Canada because of healthcare. <laughs> He's like, I have three, I have triplets. I have three children with crazy fins on their heads. They need specialist medical care. I can't get that in America anymore. I'm going to Canada. That's amazing. Isn't that funny? It's cause, like, is Eric cause, Larson moving to Canada? I don't know. I don't know. But not, it's just so funny what, like, because not that many people read it. What he can just, like, he just fucking does whatever. Yeah. Does whatever he wants. It's the best. Um, anyway. What if all, all superheroes moved to Canada? Yeah. Look, I would read that. Take that stance, publishers. Um, there's a couple of things in this that, like, like, fuck, I hate artificial intelligence, Tony Stark. Like, what kind of, like, it kind of makes sense, but it makes me annoyed at him as a character that he would bother to tinker with his artificial intelligence to make himself have stubble and look tired because that's surely <laughs> the only like that's the only way that makes sense right yeah that's yeah right but like, like what are like he's, he's the worst I hate him so much it's just so funny like, we, like after Civil War 2 you're like oh great no, no Tony Stark for a while and now we have like yeah quippy robot ver- quippy AI version of him yeah as like a main character in a, in a couple of Marvel books um, look I, I didn't dislike this as no. an issue um, I thought there was there's some fun things I don't understand uh, you know I, I like that this is like like Hawkeye redeems himself for what happened in Civil War 2 by being the leader of the resistance movement yep um, and Black Widow are doing it again yep. great uh, everyone loves that but what I really, really am scared of now coming out of this is I don't see how you naturally tie into this event if you're a regular Marvel book that has to. Yeah. Because look, this world is so drastically different to the, the, the world before Cap took over. Yeah. And where, like, you know, like the Civil War II tie-in stuff, like that felt pretty train wrecky at times. But And all that was was just a fight amongst superheroes. This is like the entire world is different now. Yeah. I really hope that we don't lose a lot of series that we love to them having the tie in to this. I mean, like this is like this is a conversation that happens in comic like that is constantly happening in comic book shops at the moment and um I think Marvel now know what the problem like like everyone like we're about to review like three fucking Guardians of the Galaxy number one issues and that's not sustainable you know like people don't have that level of interest and these big event books like Civil War really destroyed a number of books and they know that people don't I think they know now that people don't have that level of interest so I'm hoping like at least the off-world stuff will manage to kind of stay on its own um Uh, hopefully like I guess sure hopefully I'm hoping that it's not going to fuck but, you know, like, like, like Thor up too significantly because we haven't seen where Jane, Jane Foster, Foster yeah, is yet. True. I don't think. Like we've I, seen. I, I reckon they just let Jason Aaron do whatever the fuck he wants. I, I hope don't, I don't so. Think that That's a smart decision him. by them. But I know, yeah, I know Doctor Strange is going to be immediately like yes. all, re, um, reacting to, directly to this. But what about Occupy Avengers, which is yeah, totally. Hawkeye's book now? Yeah, and it's about him leading a resist, like you know, another kind of resistance. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if these are, if it's gonna um, if there's gonna be some like wacky timeline stuff. Where, like, this seems to be jumped ahead a little bit in terms of the timeline. Maybe we'll get stuff that's, like, slowly catching up. I don't... I have no clue how Marvel are going to do this. I think it's probably... I think probably it's just going to ruin a bunch of stuff. Because that's what seems to happen. Yeah. And and hopefully this is the last time they do that. It won't be, but... It won't be. Fingers crossed. Uh, So, Siobhan... um, I guess we're looking forward to Secret Empire. We get two more issues before this month is over. Yeah. How many issues is this going to be? I think that they've like been a bit sensible, and it's only going to be like eight issues or something. Like yeah, that. and you and know, it's double shipping, guys. Or it's triple shipping this month. 
Um, and, it, well, and to do that, they have like you know have, they have pretty top tier um, artist talent, but it, it, every every issue is drawn by someone else. I hate that. Just yeah. give it a bit of consistency, guys. But but then you get like you know Secret Wars and Civil War two la- lasting almost an entire year. Yeah, but how much? How great was Secret Wars? It was the best. It was incredible. <laughs> it, was, it was worth the wait. But yeah, but then they, but then they spoil the end of it by having to push on with the number ones that come out after Secret Wars. I guess if the events didn't immediately tie into new things, yeah, that's how you stop it. Like just tell this incredibly epic in scope sca- uh, story that involves all the Marvel universe. That's all an event needs to be. Yeah, honestly. Like don't worry about the status quo bullshit. I don't think anyone really wants that. People want, people want things that feel earned in their own for each character in their own runs. I guess right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like, there are also people who are obsessed with continuity, but just don't listen to them. They'll be dead soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned some Guardians of the Galaxy comics. We got three of them this week. Good lord! And in fact, if you were um, someone who was a big fan of Guardians of the Galaxy two, as I was and Siobhan wasn't, I, uh, I was just very indifferent towards it, guys. You didn't even watch the end of it. Yeah. You walked was, out of it. Like I knew, like what? What happened in the end? Did Star Lord die? died. <laughs> Fuck, I'm there, sad I no, missed that. I, I think you actually would have actually really enjoyed the post-credit scenes. I know. That's the thing that everyone's like, oh, you did miss out. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum dances at one point. Oh, that's Jeff not a spoiler, Goldblum. everybody. He's like in like a tiny bubble. It has nothing to do with the movie. And I heard there's something, someone else who is probably going to have a big impact on the rest of the Marvel yep. Cinematic Universe. But guys, I just don't care that much about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's fun. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Uh, so um, if, yeah, if you if you're a fan of uh, of the new movie and you went to a comic book shop this week to pick up uh, a Guardians of the Galaxy book, you um, in luck, guys. There were four number ones because we actually reviewed a number one that came out a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, that weird dream one. Um, that, that was that's still on the shelves. Um, you still have the Bendis run on the shelves. You still have the All Ages, what is it called, like Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy yep. series on the shelves, and then you have. Uh, Three new number ones that came out this week. You have all new Guardians of the Galaxy, number one. Uh, you have Guardians of the Galaxy, Mother Entropy, number one. And then a one-shot called Guardians of the Galaxy, Mission Breakout. Oh, is this a one-shot? Yeah, we, we'll goodness. talk about that one last. Okay, Don't worry about cool. it. Yeah. Let's start with uh, all new Guardians of the Galaxy, um, written by Jerry Duggan, with art by Aaron Kuda. This is uh, basically the big new start for the, the regular Guardians of the Galaxy series um, after Bendis' run finish, finished. Uh, you know, Bendis' run was, I, I, I was really, that, that for me, like, that's the, that's the Bendis. When people, you know, people, I guess it's like, you know, it's kind of commonplace that every episode of, uh, of Serious Issues I complain about Bendis. Yeah. And I think... But then like, also forgive him and enjoy his work. Exactly. No, he, <laughs> and and, I, and I, I, I'm so critical of his stuff because I, I am a Bendis fan. Yeah. Uh, I've read so many of his comics that I've really enjoyed. Like, the Marvel Universe uh, that we know it as, like, you know, is because of Bendis and the totally. way he wrote... You know, he, so many of his comics, you know, his New Avengers stuff, his Daredevil stuff, so yeah. much of that, you can still see its influence on Marvel, Marvel stuff putting out now. And I think, you know, they, they are trying very hard to move away from that. But, you know, it's still like Secret Empire is absolutely someone else just doing a Bender story for, to totally. me. Um, but uh, for me, like the two big properties that he really lost me on were his X-Men stuff and his Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. And they both came out at the same time, and I was like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> uh, Age of Ultron, I think, ties into there too. Yeah. Um, but uh, his Guardians of the Galaxy stuff came out pretty much just on the, off the back of the movie coming out, and it did feature like you know a pretty core team that we saw in the movie. But then like he immediately he made like The Thing and Venom and Captain Marvel and Iron Man mm. were all members of the team at some point. And you know, th- these, were, these were characters that proved 
proved to be such a massive box office success. You don't need these other massive Marvel characters being in totally. the Guardians for whatever reason, especially when after the um, my, you know one of my most beloved runs ever, the Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning stuff. Like that was so that introduced these five characters as like such great characters and then had these, there are, there are like still so many cool cosmic characters that were regular cast members of mm-hmm. that book, like Cosmo, the dog and bug and mantis that we haven't really seen become a part of, of this team again. So hopefully uh, Duggan's run does that um, before we get into it as you know, from my perspective as someone that is a massive fan of this property, Siobhan, as someone who is not, what'd you think? It's not, <laughs> I just don't care. Um, but I like, I, I am immediately annoyed by anything um, that I feel is – and, like, that's that's wrong of me. This is a wrong feeling of me, of mine. Um, but I don't especially like it when I'm like, oh, this is tying in so much to the cinematic universe and just, like, pandering to fans of the cinematic universe. Um, but that's good. Like, that's good if, if everyone who went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy came into Kings and bought a copy of Guardians of the Galaxy number one. That would be fucking incredible. That would be incredible for the industry. Um, but I was all ready to be like, fuck this. Because um, it's got baby Groot and it's not <laughs> like, whatever. Um, but this has art by Aaron Kuda. Who's the best? Who um, is incredible well, and who I like and, a lot. And I feel like I've only ever done, seen him on, on runs I was either indifferent or didn't like. Uh, he did the action comics with uh, with Greg Pak, I think he did art on that one. And then he also did... That, that was fine. But he also did that um, that X-Men event last year that was that was absolutely trash. Death of X. Oh, and so yeah. so he had incredible art by him on the dumbest story ever. Yeah, totally. Um, but I actually enjoyed this a lot. A whole bunch, like, right? Uh, I mean, like... Yeah, like, I I enjoyed this, you know? Like, it wasn't my favourite thing that I read all week, but I definitely enjoyed it. Um, they managed to make these versions, like, the slightly cinematic versions of the characters make sense. Not that you've read anything comic. featuring the non-cinematic versions of the I've characters. I've read some of the Abnett and Lanning um, run. I just didn't get Siobhan through it. rolls her eyes and leaves the room whenever I bring that run up. <laughs> like, it's all good. It's all fine. I, have a lot, I don't have that much time to read everything. Um... But, yeah, I, I totally enjoyed this. It was silly. It was fun. I like the fact that, like, we got to see actual kind of alien planets full of, like, extra crazy different-looking aliens. Like, that's kind of what I want from a Guardians book. Um, yeah, this was good fun. Yeah. I, I, I liked um, it when they rocked up in a ship shape like Galactus. I don't really understand where they got that, but I was into it. I love that they're called the Guardians of the Galaxy, but it, it's so in, in, important to the characters that they do heists all the time. Like, Oh, yeah. It's good. Um, I love a good heist. And yeah, so they, they basically they they, uh, they shield themselves as they uh, kind of uh, invade a, a planet to steal a bunch of shit as Galactus. And so you see Galactus in his old purple costume, and you're like, "Holy shit!" But he's the life bringer now. He's orange. Mm. What's going on? And then it turns out to be like a decoy rocket that they've that they've built up. Um, and there's an explanation as to why Groot is a baby in this. And yeah. I, I actually thought that was one of the stronger parts of the book. Yeah. This, the, this final reveal of why he's, he's, uh, he's stuck sh- like in baby form. Um, I thought Duggan had a really great grasp of all the characters mm-hmm. and was able to give them all good moments to shine in this book, which and is very have, important. And like, unique voices and, like, not just be these kind of irritating one-note um, versions of what they are in the movie. Yep, and there's a whole bunch of insanely wacky cosmic shit mm-hmm. which is what you should get from a book like this yep. um, and uh, we are introduced to the Grandmaster who is uh, going to be in Thor Ragnarok is that who, so. that's, who, that's who Goldbaum is playing yeah. in, in Ragnarok and, he, and he's the collector's brother yeah something like that someone like that 
Um, yeah, I, I, um, I, I've been kind of realizing what a solid, very good writer Jerry Duggan is mm. since we started the podcast and this all but cemented it for me. I, this, I, I, was, I was, had very high hopes for this book and it delivered for me. This is the uh, Guardians book that I want to read. Yeah, absolutely. If, I, if I'm going to be forced to read a Guardians book, this is the one that, this is the one that I'm going to read. <laughs> yeah, it was really great. And, and Aaron Cooter's artwork is, 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 is definitely the book that he should be on. Absolutely. Drawing really wacky well spaceship. Suited. Yeah, awesome I hope stuff. he gets the chance to draw more weird alien creatures because he, he nailed that. Yeah, this is a big thumbs up for me. All new Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Um, it was the best Guardians of the Galaxy number one we read this week. Agreed. Uh, we got two more. Guardians of the Galaxy Mother Entropy is another ongoing series. I think it's just a four-parter and it's going to be coming out weekly for the next month. So this definitely is another one. that I mean, like, look, when, when Marvel movies come out, sometimes there's, no, there's nothing kind of new related to the characters that, mm. that new fans of the character can go to a comic book shop and pick up. So at least they're covering all their goddamn bases yeah. this, this week. <coughs> Sorry, I'm a, bit co- I'm, I'm a bit sick as well. So I'm going to cough a lot in this episode. He's fully sick. Fully sick, everybody. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mother Entropy is by Jim Starlin and Alan Davis. Uh, so that's some, that's some old school um, creative talent. <laughs> yeah, when you, think, right when you think Marvel Cosmic, you think Kirby, and then I guess you think Jim Starlin next. Do right? we? I don't know. I mean, he created Thanos. Oh, there you he, go. He's done so oh, yeah, much of Thanos, he did. Thanos stuff. Yep. Um, he, um, he, did, he, he wrote the, um, the Infinity Gauntlet mm-hmm. and yes. uh, all of its sequels. Um, Infinity Gauntlet holds up so well. It's I feel like I've said that a number of times, but it's such a like it's genuinely like that's a good event. I don't know if it was meant as an event at the time. But that's a good event book. Yeah, I think things actually did tie into it. And it sounds like it sounds so silly in concept, like <laughs> Thanos loves death, who's like a sexy lady, but also sometimes just a sexy ste- uh, skeleton. But it's genuinely like quite scary and quite good. Great book. Great book. Um, this is uh, a very classic feeling. Guardians of the Galaxy book. Um, mm-hmm. The characters even look more like they did in the Abnett and Lanning run than they do now. They certainly don't look like the cinematic versions of themselves, particularly Gamora and Drax. Mm. Um, and Groot. Groot actually looks like a tree instead of uh, other versions of him that we see around in comic books. Um, and this is just like an, a classic kind of, they get, they get asked to, to pull off the heist. <coughs> You're going to have to cover for me a couple yeah, times. Yeah, sorry. So many, like, I'm just trying to remember what actually happened in this book. Um, it's got mad heists. Pip the Troll shows up. I can't remember. What, I know Pip the Troll. He's like a dumb cosmic why. dude. Yeah, exactly. He can like, he's just a cosmic guy. He's, chi- he's a cheeky boy. He's a, he's a cheeky little. He's a cheeky little monkey. Um, but so yeah, they have to do a heist for some reason again. And then there's a priest on their ship, and then the priest dies of a seeming heart attack. And so they have this like really valuable thing just on their ship. Um, yeah. That, was the, that was the sound of Levens having his inhaler. Yep. Because we're real nerds. Real, real nerds. This, this is a uh, today's episode is brought to you by Simbacort. <laughs> it's a turbuhaler. Ooh. I would read a comic book called Turbuhaler. Yeah, that sounds great. And it contains 120 inhalations. Oh wow! And so far, since I've stepped into Siobhan's house, I've had six. Nice. <laughs> it's not going to last the entire episode, I don't think, because there's a lot of comics this week. Um, so yeah, I thought this comic was uh, very, very kind of. It was really classic feeling without being hard to read in that all the characters' dialogue was just way too wordy and over the top. I, I, I thought this was like really, really, really fun. Um, you know, it was, it was, it's a bit dumb, but yeah, uh, it's in a fun way. It's, it's really lighthearted. Alan Davis's art was really nice to see as well. Yep. It definitely looks like there were some elements that I thought were like very much like the movie um, or at least trying to be like that, like the, the, the style of humor. Yeah. Or Star, like Star that. Lord spends all his money on stereo equipment. Yeah. Um, and like the, the, Agents from Nowhere definitely looks like John C. Riley. <laughs> like they've <laughs> definitely drawn him to look like John C. Riley. Um, but I'm okay with that. 
Isn't John C. Riley's character a Nova Corps member? You were, Siobhan walked out of the first one before that was revealed. <laughs> I watched the whole of the first one. It was fine. So this, this is coming out. This is like a four issue, four issues, like you know, once a week for the next month. Um, I'm going to pick this up. This is fun. Yeah, I probably, uh, I, I probably will if I get bored. It was fine. I, I give her two issues, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, we got Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Um, now, Siobhan, do you want to let me just try and guess what this is related to? What this? What this is? is, is this is this isn't actually linked to the movie at all. Do you want to guess oh. what this? What this has been released to celebrate? Something. Oh, is it like a like a like a um, like a mobile game or something like no, that? No, way bigger than that. I. Don't know. Mission Breakout is the new ride at Disney World oh, or Land. Oh, good lord! And so they've given up the Tower of Terror ride. Yeah, at MGM Studios at Disney World of Florida. Right. Uh, and the Tower of Terror is like an. Ele- well, it used to be an elevator that dropped you and you fell a few floors and went up and down and up and down. And uh, now it's the Guardians of the Galaxy um, ride in which they try and escape the Collector. Oh, okay. <coughs> and so this book, written by uh, Christopher Ace Hastings with art by Edgar Salazar is the comic book that goes along with that ride because synergy. And uh, <laughs> this is a, a book in which uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy are in- encased in a very ride-like box mm. that goes up and down at one point in, in, in the story. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I will not read this again, and I don't need to read another issue because it's a one-shot, but it was pretty dumb. Yeah, I think that Christopher Hastings really did the best job that he possibly could have done given that... Um, that brief. Yeah. So well done, Christopher Hastings. I hope you don't have to do that again. If a five dollar cover price book Ugh. that ties into a ride appeals to you at all, anyway, like this is the one for you, everybody. Absolutely. At least Star Lord has a beard in this. But he, I mean, he doesn't have a beard though. That's the thing. I actually liked his his, his uh, stubble in uh, Mother Entropy the most. Oh yeah, I think I just miss Chris Anchor drawing Star Lord all the time. It's only been a week. I know, but I miss it. Uh, Finally, Marvel... I'm not even finally. Two more. God damn it. We've got two more Marvel books. One of them is uh, by newcomer to comics, Saladin Ahmed. What does he do? I think he's 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 like like a fantasy novelist. Oh, okay. There you go. (coughs) And uh, art by Christian Ward, uh, who is best known for his work on Odyssey with Matt Fraction. There you go. Uh, He did some stuff on the Ultimate Season 1 run as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Black Bolt, number one. Uh, if you've been reading the Inhumans book, what's it called? Royals. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll know that uh, Maximus the Mad tricked everybody into thinking that he was Black Bolt and sent Black Bolt uh, into to the prison that he was meant to be sent to. Classic Maximus. Then, I actually, I think because I missed issue two of Royals, I missed that plot point happening entirely. And I was like, oh, okay, when I read this. Um, but that's pretty funny. I like that as a, I like that as a funny little plot. Although it does potentially lead into some slightly icky stuff with Medusa. No, that he, he already is, everyone's well aware that that's Maximus. The oh, Man. okay. He's a, Thank we, goodness. We only know because he revealed himself to everybody. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good, good. Fun series, everybody. Go get Royals. Uh, this series, also very fun and yes. very cool, amazing art by Christian Ward. Uh, basically, uh, Black Bolt awakens in uh, a prison. In a cell, he's chained up. He's got a muzzle over his mouth, so mm-hmm. seemingly he can't, he can't use his powers. Um, and uh, it basically, it's just him trying to figure out who's imprisoned him. What? What? If can he get out? Who else is here with him? Creel, Crusher Creel, mm-hmm. the Absorbing Man, <laughs> the for... Absorbing Man. But he doesn't have his, have his, his, his he doesn't have his Absorbing Man powers. He's just a punchy dude. <laughs> and so uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of fighting going on. Not much is revealed in this. It's just like this kind of Black Bolt trying to figure out who's imprisoned him and. How can he get out? 
very like very atmospheric good like character stuff um the art is genuinely incredible the colors sort of like obviously that's very much christian ward's kind of thing if you if you read odyssey it's very similar to that but it also reminds me of slightly like fraser irving yes definitely um and i loved this a whole a whole bunch i thought this was great i thought this was a sick comic I'm yeah, this is awesome. This is gonna be a great series, I think. Yeah. Um, I reckon. What? Give it six, six to eight issues. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Uh, yeah, and I give Guardians of the Galaxy twenty issues. Um, and uh, this next book, our final Marvel book, number one, Jean Grey. Mm, I give this like <laughs> six issues. Six I issues. Reckon. So one I went in this. Arc. With low expectations because it's a Jean Grey, like a time-displaced Jean Grey solo book. Yeah. Um, with the fucking phoenix on the front cover. Yeah. But then I realized, oh, wait, I've got high expectations for this because it's written by Dennis Hopeless, who just mm-hmm. finished a very great ride on Spider-Woman. And he has um, he has prior form of writing a good, young... I think it was Dennis Hopeless who did that um, X-Men Year One standalone graphic novel with Jamie McKelvey. I can't right. remember what the, like what that line was actually called but that was really solid um and so i was pretty like interested to see this even though i do not care about i don't care about Jean gray kind of full stop yeah let alone like this version of Jean and gray. i was like oh cool dennis hopeless is in charge like that i guess this means we're going to get a version of the character that doesn't do a bunch of boring phoenix stuff but yeah. unfortunately this book ends with her having a vision of the phoenix yeah yeah it's I difficult d- to separate the two i, mean, I, just, I think like it's critical that you do to yeah. make this character interesting. Especially, like, we've seen... How many, this is, like, the third book that we've seen the Phoenix show up in. In, in the last couple of weeks, like, yeah. Weeks. Third or fourth, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is her in Japan. <coughs> because young female superheroes love love visiting Asia. <laughs> we uh, sure do. I don't uh, know why I said we. What superpowers do you have? Um, pregnancy. Running great free comic book days. <laughs> That's about it. Those are all my superpowers. I'm always right. Right. That's what, um, that's the official line in my home. <laughs> that's my superpower is I'm always right. Um, I look forward to uh, talking to your kid in a couple of years. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, this is like her in Japan. She takes on the Wrecking Crew who are also having a holiday in Japan for some reason. And um, then she can't control her psychic powers um, because the Phoenix. This is like actually a big letdown, I thought. Yeah, I really wasn't expecting much because I really don't... Like, like Dennis Hopeless is good, but this isn't like... I don't think this was like a story that Dennis Hopeless was like, I really want to tell. Like, this is yeah. seems pretty editorially mandated. Um, and this version... Like, these versions of the characters are kind of a bit a bit boring and I don't heaps care. And I'm like... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, the whole, like, only girl on a team full of boys thing is a little bit like... I, I get that they're the original X-Men, but like... There was only room for one girl on a team back then. Make one of them a girl. Just make... I don't know why. <coughs> um, yeah. I, I, I guess I might re- give us another issue. I mean, give it another issue, yeah. But uh, yeah, if, if this is about her just dealing with the Phoenix, that's the most boring thing in the universe to me. Yeah. I'd much rather deal, read Quentin Quire dealing with the Phoenix forever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so over to DC right now for a number one of a series that I didn't actually read the first season of. Um, that is Injustice. I've never read any of the Injustice comics because <laughs> I, on principle, don't read things that tie in with video games, especially ones that I don't play. 
Um, and also there was. Isn't that- this, this is kind of if this if this wasn't DC, this would be right up your boyfriend's alley because I know he loves, oh, for sure. he loves fighting games. Absolutely, and also I've heard that this is actually really good. Like the comic itself has a huge legion of fans, and I think Tom Taylor's done great, great things with the line. Um, but I was always a little bit icked out by that early storyline where Superman accidentally killed Lois. Oh right, I didn't. Was I didn't, like I didn't read mind it. controlled or something like that. Oh right, okay, she was sure. Pregnant or something by the Joker, right? The Joker, yeah. yeah, and then yeah. So I was always like, nah, I don't think this is for me. This is like a really extreme version of the DC universe. Uh, so people love this. People love the games. Um, Injustice Two is coming out in a couple of months, and uh, this is the prequel to Unju- Injustice Two, written again by Tom Taylor, um, art by uh, somebody who is not me. We'll find out who that is at some point in this episode. But uh, in this book, um, yeah, Batman and Harley Quinn seem to be like the only heroes left on Earth after the events of the first Injustice series. Uh, and uh, we check in with them. Um, basically, um, like it opens with with uh, Batman talking to an imprisoned Superman who is trying to have uh, Bruce kind of like see eye to eye with him. And then he walks out and Harley Quinn uh, kind of gets recruited to be his like sidekick. Um, cool. It, I was actually... Really, I actually really enjoy this. It's really fun. Even though I have not read the first season, I'm probably just going to keep reading this because it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, art by, is by Bruno Redondo. Redondo. Nailed it. Bruno Redondo. Bruno Redondo. <laughs> That's extremely fun to say. Um, and uh, yeah, this is like, it's really fun. It checks in with a few other heroes that I guess had a bunch of bad shit go down. Uh, this introduces the concept of the Suicide Squad. Amanda Wallace shows up just as uh, Harley Quinn is about to, like, you know, join forces with Batman. Her, her hideout gets invaded by a... Um, by the Suicide Squad and she gets recruited and then uh, some bad shit happened to them too and then we also check in with uh, Oliver Queen and Black Canary and Dr. Fate it's really fun cool I love Dr. Fate <laughs> Dr. Fate is severely underused I know he has his own series that I don't read but also <laughs> underused um, would, would, would you like uh, Dr. Fate even more if uh, um, Oliver McQueen's Oliver Queen's uh, <laughs> son was firing rubber arrows into his helmet yes I would that's great as in Connor as in Connor um, yes, Connor Lance Queen. Fucking hell, that's cool. Um, yeah, really fun. I, um, I, I really enjoyed this. I, mean, I think Tom Taylor's a great writer. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, Elseworld stories are always funny, and that's exactly what this is. Yeah, I sort of think that, like, I hate everything about this conceptually, but I think I would probably actually quite enjoy the comic in reality. But I'm still not going to read it, because that's the kind of person I am. Stubborn. Yeah. And always right. Yes. Uh, over to another DC number one that came out this week. Bane Conquest. Woo! Written, written by... Chuck Dixon. One of the uh, the great, you know, kind of best best regarded uh, Batman writers of the 80s and 90s. His Nightwing stuff is great. His Birds of Prey stuff is great. Yep. Uh, his Batman stuff is great too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, art by Graham Nolan. This is all about Bane in a world in which he is taking... He's in, he's in charge of Gotham? Did you get I think it's more like... I think... I think it's less like he's in charge of Gotham and more like Bane sees himself as in charge of Gotham. You know, like he sees Gotham as his city in the same way that Batman sees it as his city. And so this is kind of Bane taking it upon himself to fix things when Batman is not doing the job. Or yeah, I had no fucking idea what was going on in this comic. I no, but I liked it. I, I, me too. I, I bet, but Chuck Dixon for me has always been like one of the most straightforward, solid writers when it came comes to, you know, Bat, bat stories. Yeah. And I... Things seem seemed so disjointed in this book. I, 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 you know, like I actually thought it was like an Elseworlds story at one point. Mm, yeah, I don't even know when this is set or where <laughs> this is set. Cause this is like this seems like a really like this seems like a, a story straight out of the nineties. Like this seems like a nineties version of Bane. Um, there was a lot like a 
bring back Bane's hairy shoulders. I'm heaps into that. That's great. <laughs> B, Bane having like a special teddy bear that he keeps in a um, glass case that he refers to as like his like brother is really funny. And I'm really into that. Um, also, Bane shower scenes, also really into that. So there was a lot to like about this comic for me. Um, it was it was confusing. Like, I will totally agree with that and admit to that. But I'm probably just going to give it a couple of issues and give Chuck Dixon a bit of, like, space to get the... To, like, let the story happen, you know? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Cough lozenge engaged, Siobhan. Nice. Thank goodness. I, 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 here's one thing I've got to point out, though. I'm, I, I've been sick for the last couple of days. I'm, I'm, I thought I was getting over it. But as you, you can hear, I've been coughing for the entire mm-hmm. show so far. I don't know if it, comics to talk about. it may not be the cold though, because listeners from the beginning <laughs> may remember that oh my God. I used to be allergic to Siobhan's apartment. I've and moved. You've moved and we're recording at your new apartment. What I don't know if you, did you, did you bring that massive wedge of asbestos with you? I think you, it or? might be the like sheer volume of dusty books in this house. <laughs> we're big into dusty books in, in my household. So that could be it. It could be the cold. Could be the cold. Jury's out. Let's hope, let's hope it's the cold. <laughs> uh, over to DC right now for Eternal Empire. The Not latest... DC. What did I say? Oh, you man. said DC. It's a confusing time image. this week. Eternal Empire is uh, the new image book by Sarah Vaughan and Jonathan Luna, who previously worked together on a very great series called Alex and Ada. This is a very different book for them. <laughs> this is like weird fantasy stuff. I don't know. <laughs> and it's, you know, I guess they're really resting on the fact that, you know, that a lot of people loved the stuff that the Luna Brothers have done in the past and loved Alex and Ada because it's a very slow first issue in which not that much happens. Yeah, but there's a lot, um, like, not a lot happens plot-wise, but there is a lot of, like, world-building, not in a, like, overly exposition-y way, but mm. just in what our lead character sort of experiences. Um, and I really liked it. I really, really enjoyed this. I just, uh, I, when it ended, I was just like, huh. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Um, but there's some really clever, like, storytelling um, like the page where it's like, well, like 16 panels or so, like 16 tiny panels pretty much in a snowstorm. I think that was really clever and like really well done. Um, yeah, I'm into this. It's like, it, it feels like, if you're like a sort of fantasy person, I think this is like heaps up your alley. Yeah, because this is about, basically follows um, a, a young girl who is a slave <coughs> in a world where there is like, I guess like this one dominant kind of alien race or that, that, that kind of travels around and takes over all the other um, nations. Mm-hmm. And uh, she escapes from like a slave farm, I guess, because she has visions that she needs to escape. Mm. And this ends with her coming face to face with someone who has fire powers. Cool. And there's dragons in it. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Ladies getting nude to talk to dragons. Great. And really interesting backup um, material about uh, the placement of the sun, the, the moon, and our earth mm-hmm. and how that plays a big role in this book. Very cool. Very cool. Very <laughs> interesting. And the art is genuinely beautiful. So it's um, Jonathan Luna does the illustrations and Sarah Vaughan, and like they, uh, he co-writes with Sarah Vaughan. And I think he does a really, really, like this is a beautiful book to look at. Yeah. And also MapWatch. Um, Listeners yeah. will know that we love a book with a map in it at the start. It's got it a, map. a map. It's got a map, everybody. I love it. All the different... Uh, so it is, it is, it's not actually... A, a, it's not space. It's, it's just one, one country. Mm. And so all the different regions have been taken over by one dominant uh, group of people. Yep. It's heaps cool. There you go. Eternal Empire. I'm looking forward to this one continuing and seeing what cool powers this girl has. Absolutely. 
<laughs> Image put out another book this week, Siobhan, which for whatever reason, given it was such an insane week uh, of, of, you know, exciting new books, I read this book first out of all my books this week. <laughs> this was really high up on the list for me as well. Um, uh, this is the uh, 2017 relaunch of Youngblood. Uh, Hell yeah. Uh, originally written and drawn by Rob Liefeld. Uh, this is written by Chad Bowers with art by Jim Toe and a little backup by Liefeld himself. How fun. <coughs> a, how fun was the Liefeld backup? Um, B, like, because it is, it is a big deal. Like, Youngblood is the first comic that Image ever published. Right. Like, that's a big deal. That's huge. But I loved the little Liefeld, like, essay in the back where he's like, like, the biggest deal ever <coughs> in comics history of all time ever. Rob <coughs> Liefeld's Youngblood. Um, that was great. I loved that. So, yeah, I find, like, you know, like, I guess... Liefeld is seen as somewhat of a joke in the industry, but yeah. there is something so endearing about him. You know, he is totally. absolutely successful, and uh, you know it, his, his art has dated considerably, and mm-hmm. that, that that is where the, the comedy comes from. And he has he has his limitations as an artist, um, but like <laughs> I can't remember who said it um, or where I read it, but someone was saying that like Rob Liefeld's like inability to draw feet made me feel like I could be a comic book artist. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like he inspires people because he does just like he's he's a great at self promotion. Um, he is so beloved by his fans, and he like he does what Rob Liefeld does and no one else can do that, you know, like, and he really captured something in the nineties, um, that people just loved. And, you know, like I, I have a lot of time for him. Um, I have not read any young blood before this. Me issue. neither. And I was surprised at how many massive names have worked on young blood. Mm. Like from like Alan Moore yeah. to Mark Miller to Robert Kirkman. Yep. Um, those runs are very hard to find. Yeah. I have a book of like, no, I think that's a different... Never mind. Shut up, sure. But this is not so much a relaunch. This is actually just following on from all of those runs. And the, the char- it's the same characters. One of them is the president now. Yeah. Uh, Youngblood is like... Most of the characters are kind of spread out in this team that you can recruit using an app. Like a Heroes yes. app. Classic. Classic future. Um, and uh, yeah, I, it was kind of confusing it was really confusing i guess because i have no knowledge of who these characters are what their powers are what their previous relationships are yes i still kind of enjoyed it same um, like that was pretty much how i found myself as well like i don't i don't heaps know who any like i've heard of bad rock i've like heard of some of these characters but that's about the extent of my knowledge but this was still really enjoyable and um jim from kings who has read a lot of young blood also like said that this was like he really enjoyed this as someone who liked young blood and knows all the characters he thought this was a really fun jumping on point so i think that's a pretty like strong um you know strong report from both ends of the spectrum yeah uh i'm gonna say i'm gonna give it another issue or two yeah i guarantee you it'll be one and then i'll be like i'm done with this <laughs> i'm gonna uh, yeah i'm gonna give it a go because i had fun with this yeah it wasn't um, bad for me i i didn't think this was bad i just wasn't for me you know it wasn't for me and i don't know the characters well enough yeah totally <sighs> a bit of Dark nice. Horse. Uh, last week we had a new Alien book. This week we've got a new Predator book. And now I feel really bad because I missed a whole bunch of number ones <laughs> and Levins is going to have to cough his way through reviewing oh like 10 number ones by himself. Um, so Predator Hunter, you can just pretend that you knew, you can just make up what happened in it if you like. Yeah, absolutely. While I have a coughing fit and die. I've never even seen Predator, which makes Jim from Kings very angry. He's not here right now to, to scowl at you and yeah. I don't really care. Yeah. It's, it's fine. <laughs> uh, Predator Hunters, guess what? The world's great, the, the universe's greatest hunters are now being hunted. What? By a team of humans who have been hunted by predators at some point. And this is all recruitment. 
um, of uh, these like you know seemingly great hunters to go and take down a bunch of predators. Cool, I guess. <laughs> it was pretty boring. Yeah, that's my review. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Damned is a new book, yet another new book by Cullen Bunn. Wow. Who is also putting out a new number one next week uh, through Image. Mm. Um, but this is his book, The Damned, out through Oni Press this week with art by Brian Hurt. I'm just going to have a flick through. And it's a like a, a kind of like old uh, crime kind of mob story. Ooh, the art's really nice. Yeah, Brian Hurt's a great artist. Um, but the so it's, uh, cool. it's like old, old faction kind of like classic New York crime but with, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if it's necessarily set in New York, but it feels New York-y. Um, but then there are, like, monsters. Cool. Um, and you, our main character, who is a always out of luck, you know, thug, mm-hmm. uh, he, uh, has, he can die. And then so long as he finds someone else and touches someone else before the sun goes down on some shit, he get, <laughs> they swap bodies. Oh. Or they, they, or, and, and he can rebuild himself and, the other, and whoever he touches dies. Oh, that's, like... That's pretty good. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. Like, it makes him immediately a bastard, so that's pretty fun. Definitely. And, yeah, um, he, he's an absolutely flawed hero. Um, oh, this is, like, a good book. I, I, I like it. I, I like Cullen Bunn a lot more on stories that he's, uh, you know, created himself mm. than when he works at kind of previously known properties. Although I do like his X-Men book at the moment. Mm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this is, this is a pretty intriguing number one that I'm definitely going to give a few more issues to. Yeah, cool. Uh, the Damned. Also, but he does he does write way too much. Like he's way more prolific than Lemire. I think. I think he 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 just has so many books out at at the same time, all the time, with every publisher. Yeah, you see this like, <coughs> like the comic book industry. Without getting too like into it. Oh, is, please do because I would love to just <laughs> cough while you do it. <laughs> <laughs> is um like there is a real problem with people burning out. Because you get all these young writers in and the pay is not incredible because they don't have a big name. And so they have to, you know, they write a huge amount and then they're just totally spent and they don't have that much left in them, which is really sad. And like, you know, we see a really extreme version of that in Japan where someone who um, is an illustrator on Naruto, I think, just passed away from overwork. Oh, God. Like, so there's, there's, <laughs> there's real problems in the industry, guys. Look after your creators, because one day they may die from trying to draw for you way too hard. It's true, it happens. Um, did you read Sword Quest, I number did. zero? For some reason, I This is one of my favorite books this week. Yeah, how fun was it? I was really surprised. So Sword Quest was an Atari game, um, and I, didn't, I, I knew of the game, and I've watched like clips of the game on, on YouTube, uh, but I didn't know of like the incredible lore behind it, uh, and, and that it co-released, like when you bought the game, you also bought... A comic book. A comic book came with it, and the comic book was written by like some incredible, um, st- like you know, like renowned figures in comics, whose names are like Roy Thomas, George Perez, Jerry Conway, and Dick D- Giordano. Amazing. All worked on the comics that came with these games, um, and you. There were like weird, like kind of like quizzes that came, like and like and and. and puzzles for you to solve that came with the game and if you solved them you could win like incredible prizes worth like tens of thousands of dollars like including a sword yeah actual swords and and real crowns and like jewels and all this like very cool fantasy based kind of crazy shit that's really cool and um so when i saw that this uh this uh book sword quest um which is uh written by uh the team that did x-men 92 chad bowers and chris sims um, who are you know cap- capable writers? We we, mm-hmm. we we thought that book was pretty good. Yeah. Um, we're taking it over. I thought this is just going to be like a, another kind of like high fantasy book, but instead this is uh, 
a book that is about a uh, a man who who discovers he has cancer and not long to live. Mm-hmm. Um, moving back, having to move back home after his apartment is lost in a, in a, in a fire. He has to move back home with his mum, and he finds a box of his old stuff, including an Atari game with uh, with the sword quest, including his Atari with sword quest. And um, his mum kind of like laughs at how obsessed with that he was, and kind of brings up the sword, and this triggers something in his mind. And so I guess this is going to be him trying to get the sword. That's like that's a really fun <laughs> concept, and I think it's going to be about him reconnecting with his childhood friends who seem to be having like a bit of a better time of it than him perhaps life-wise um less less cancer and more apartments yeah yeah more like announcing their marriages and less having their apartments burn down (laughs) um so i think it's like i think this is a really fun like this is this was a like way way better than i expected it to be because i picked this up like i guess i'll read this but the art who is which is by Ghostwriter X. So that's actually um, Scott Kowalchuk. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why he had to call himself Ghostwriter X. Maybe he doesn't... Maybe he wasn't pleased with his work. It's a, it's a great it's work. Really, it's really nice. It's really good. Again, it's I that love it. David Ayer um, on Hawkeye-esque kind of feel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was heaps fun. And the little sort of... Um, they have all these like little game tips that are in the corner of the pages of like... Which I'm assuming is something that popped up in Sword Quest, but like is relevant to his life. Um, yeah, I just really, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, this is an awesome issue, and I, I'm really looking forward to the series right now. Um, yeah. if, if your comic book store has one, a copy of issue zero came out through Dynamite this week. It, it was only twenty five cents. Twenty five cents US. So this was probably like so probably cents like in twelve twelve dollars in Australia. Um, yeah, you should definitely pick this up. This is awesome. Yeah, really, one fun. of the best things I read this week. Um, also, Dynamite put out a book called Hero Killers, which is written by Ryan Brown with art by Pete Woods, who is. Uh, Recently been seen on Archie. Um, and this is a book about a town in which there <laughs> are too many heroes. That was funny because you just said Archie the way you say it to your son. <laughs> What's that? How do I say Archie? Like, You're like, Archie. <laughs> anyway, sorry. But it was actually because I was about to lose my breath from... I'm so sorry. I'm so sick in this house. I'm so sorry. I didn't read this one here? either. I like just a load of like chemical weapons. Um, how come you don't have... That's how you get your superpowers for putting yeah. on free comic book day events. Exactly. Um, so yeah, this is a, a world in which there are too many heroes. So there's not enough crimes for the heroes to be worth a fuck to anybody nice. like so it, when when there is one bad guy like a swarm of heroes will come and stop him um and uh this basically has like the the kind of the next in line heroes uh basically murdering other heroes because they uh want to want to want to be the, the next big heroes in that this town sense. full of heroes uh the the motto is protecting the shit out of you <laughs> and it's pretty funny i guess i might give it one or two more issues it wasn't like I wasn't buckling over with laughter funny, but it was, yeah. it was pretty amusing. There's a lot of, like, I mean, I think that we've kind of seen so much of that, like, postmodern critiques on superheroes. Like, there's so, f- like, there's so little, uh, like, area that hasn't already been treaded by other writers. So it's really hard to come <laughs> up with, like, a new angle on, like, whoa, crazy superheroes, but they're not that super. Yeah. Um, so I just didn't bother reading that one. Yeah, uh, like oh, it's it's a funny superhero book that takes down superheroes a few notches, and it's not like Garth Ennis, I swear. <laughs> um, Aftershock put out a number one this week uh, by Frank Thierry and Oleg Ukunev by nice. called Pestilence, and this is a gross crusades book about a bunch of really cool crusady guys who kill- swear a whole fucking bunch. Oh, it's so disgusting! This book, this book sucks. <laughs> they were like, I do find the whole. Um, like it's like medieval but it's really like extreme so everyone swears and fucks all the time is like a little bit done fellas 
Um, and this is like, this is like zombies attacking the Vatican. Yeah. And also setting up Crusaders as the heroes of the story is like morally suspect. And like, yeah. And also like one of the heroes, like this is like the cool dialogue that one of the heroes says, like, uh, um, where the hell would you be if not by Roderick's side? And then he says, I'd be up your mother's cunt. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's not funny at all. <laughs> that is so lame. That's terrible. But yeah, like, look, like men, I want, I want you now, each and every one of you, to draw your swords and stab the living fuck out of this son of a bitch. And then a bunch of men on swords just, like, poke a zombie until he dies. Yeah. Like, like, this is... This is not that compelling, guys. And, like, th- there's, like, a big kind of, like, orgy at the start. And all there's the girls... some hilariously drawn tits. And no <coughs> one has pubic hair. No, what's up with the nipples, though? Like the nip- yeah, they're giant. It's just areola. There's no... <laughs> the areola is the round part, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no actual nip. <laughs> you know about female yeah, yeah. anatomy. Also, sorry, now we're just, like, making fun of this book, which isn't really, like... Fuck um, it. Good crit- critique. But, um... <laughs> like the Friar Tuck character who obviously has to exist is like ah this message was written to me in lemon juice so that only I could see it like ah guys like that's the least like this is the least creative version of this story and like I I wonder I wonder what the quiet and reserved crusader's secret could be I'm gonna guess it's cause he's got tits like, yeah it's a, it's it's a not, girl everybody like, like this isn't heaps this isn't heaps compelling like, original, if you're going to read, good. yeah, like there's way better stories set in medieval times or historical comics or anything. Yeah. It's just, it, and it doesn't feel like in line with anything else after Shocker putting out either. No, no, but like, <laughs> I guess Frank Thierry has a pretty big name. What Does else? he? What else has he done? I don't really know, but I no knew his does. name. So there you go. Um, he, yeah, exactly. I know his name. That's it. Um, yeah. There's a preview at the back of this book and all the Aftershock books this week that I... So I actually liked it quite a lot. I read it twice. <laughs> hmm. um, the, the preview, the book is called Baby Teeth and it's by Donny Cates, who we've really enjoyed on God Country and uh, what was the the guys who were werewolves or vampires recently? Whatever. Um, and this looks this looks really good and I think we get to, we get to review it properly in like a week or two. <coughs> so more on that then and not now. Also, how funny, like... Uh, it's so it's so easy to make fun of Garth Ennis. It really and, is. And, like, he's, he's done some great stuff, so, like, no one's trying to take that out. But, like, there's a new book coming out called Jimmy's Bastards, written by Garth Ennis. And they're about... Like, sorry. Anyway. About to find out who's the biggest bastard of yeah, them all. Yeah. Do you reckon he says up your mother's cunt in that book? I hope so. P.S. That's the first time I've ever dropped a C-bomb on this, on this podcast. Really? You've dropped it before. I'm sure I have. And uh, apparently I've been making waves in the podcast industry because I've dropped it. Uh, on uh, Weekly Planet and Comic Confidential in the last month. Hilarious. First time anyone ever did that on both podcasts. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, because the C-bomb is way more accepted in Australia than pretty much anywhere else in the world. So I'm always really surprised when people are shocked by it. And I always have to remind myself not to say it. But um, I don't, like, say it as much as you like on this podcast. Um, Mr. Sunday Movies had to, like, stop the audio and insert a warning that I was oh, about really? to say it. That's so funny. Yeah. Oops. Oh, man. I felt, I felt really guilty. You're such a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of C-bombs, I've got some other C-bombs of comics to review right now. Underdog nice. um, is a franchise that I guess people cared about at some point. He's like a dog superhero that's a shoe shiner by day. Oh, cool. <coughs> this came out through American Mythology, who have also blessed us with uh, the Pink Panther comics in the past, the Three Stooges, Casper, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Everyone's favorites. 
I don't. There, there were so many number ones in my in my stack this week that I thought some of them were practical jokes, <laughs> and this one. Uh, I thought it was definitely one of them. There was a free comic book day issue of this too. It just feels, it doesn't feel, it's not modernized in any way, shape or form, but it still feels like it was written today. Just someone trying to write like a real, very classic kind of heartwarming, family friendly kind of comic strip. I didn't like this at all. <laughs> I don't know who it's for. I just was like, who the fuck is this for? Like old people or young people? I think it's probably for old people, to be honest. Like I think that a lot of these, um, <laughs> properties exist just like on the power of nostalgia and they're pretty much from my experience of working in a comic book store they're pretty much bought by men in their 50s who remember that really fondly yeah um three more books that i thought were practical jokes um, nice. were three books by a new publisher i guess called alterna comics cool and these are all comics that are printed out on um like newspaper, newspaper. stock kind of paper nice um and uh that's actually like the ethos of of, of this of this imprint oh really just like yeah, it's like, cheaply. yeah, they they have like a I can't remember, I can't remember where I saw it in one of them. I read I read three of these things, so they've got they're all limited series um, by uh, creators that I've not read anything from before. One of them is called Amazing Age. One of them is called Croak. One of them is called Lilith Dark. Lilith Dark is about um, a girl who has a viv- vivid imagination. Um, Great. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did not enjoy that at all. But at, at, towards the end, a cat turns into like an alien. I guess. Cool. Um, this was kind of dumb. Um, and uh, then there's one called Croak, and that's about like uh, two boys and a girl, teenagers that go out camping, um, and uh, they forget to bring a tent, um, and then they have to camp under the stars, and they're telling a ghost story, and, and they get really scared, and the, the girl runs off and accidentally kills one of the one of the te- or like hurts one of the teens. Oh God. Um, so yeah, kind of funny, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, the one I really liked actually. And uh, this is by someone called Matthew David Smith, uh, Jeremy Massey, and Christine Brunson. Is a book called Amazing Age, and this is a book about um, uh, three kids. And as friends, one of the kids draws them all into a comic, um, and they're all superheroes. So it's like this kind of cruelly drawn comic, but then it gets kind of like beautifully drawn. The art, art is actually the best, easily the best of all, all three issues in this book. Um, so he draws them all into into this you know superhero comic book, um, and then. Uh, he finds out that his father has died. Oh, um, right. And so I guess because of the, the circumstances, the three friends are no longer friends anymore just because of the way life goes. And mm-hmm. so then we skip forward to them all being teenagers in high school and they're still going to the same school, but they're not friends anymore and they're not really close. And, um, you know, like the kid who's, whose parents died is now like a kind of a, a bit of a bastard. And... Um, like yeah, they're they're all they're all like none of them are really in that great of a spot, um, and then mysteriously, amazing age the comic that their friend drew they all re- receive a copy of it, and upon um, opening it they get transported into the comic. Cool. And um, one of the characters comes face to face at the end of the issue with uh, one of the characters that he created called Blade Hawk. That's a good in name. In this world that that he created, I, I thought this is this is awesome. Yeah, that's really fun. I've read like kind of fun versions of this before, but this was just like the level of uh, the, the storytelling was really good. The art was great. Um, I, I'm definitely going to be sticking with Amazing Age, and if you can track down, it's only one. All these issues are one dollars fifty because I guess that's how much you can save when you release your uh, comics on on but awful uh, paper quality. But, but um, that's kind of nice. Yeah. It's really hard. Like, like, sometimes it's frustrating because, like, comics is a really expensive hobby for, like, kids, for example. Yeah. Like, if you're a kid and you're a, you have pocket money, you can't afford, like, mad comics. Um, and so it's nice that there's a publisher that's, like, actually trying to, 
cater to that a little bit, I guess. You know? Yeah. And like, I bought so many Phantom comics as a kid just because they were like a dollar fifty. It's not a good not, enough reason to read the Phantom. not one of them were good. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is I don't know, very... It's called Bringing Back Newsprint. Hashtag Bringing Back Newsprint. Um, and uh, you get 30 comics for free if you sign up to the Alternate Comics news- Newsletter. Oh, cute. I don't know. Give it a check out. If, you guys, if you're desperate to find a bunch of cheap com- or free comics, um, Alterna Comics. Mm. Um, like, you know, the, the bad comics weren't great, but they weren't, like, god-awful. I certainly read worse this week. <laughs> and Amazing Age was actually genuinely good. So, oh, awesome. yeah, if you're on the lookout for something new and, and different, check it out. That's nice. Um, I read a Tekken comic this week. <laughs> oh, shit. I actually missed that. I meant to read it. Yeah, good, good plan. I like uh, Tekken. Yeah, I mean, Tekken's great, but you know what, what's not great is a comic in which they introduce, like, nine characters, like, pretty much one every two pages. is like, oh, this character, yeah, and they all are somehow part of this ongoing story. This did not work for me at all, and the less I say about it, the better. Nice. Good call. <coughs> I read a comic called Stained. Ooh, that sounds awful. Um, and it, was, it actually wasn't that bad. Um, and for, for whatever reason... Michael Bay is listed as a founder of this comic. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's the same Michael Bay, but it's written by David Barron, art by Yusuf Idris, and letters by Simon Bowland. Um, and uh, it's about, like a, I guess, like a mercenary who's part robot. And when you can see the robotic parts of your body, you are called stained. Okay. Um, and uh, basically, it's just about her, like, kind of, like, taking out hits on people. Um, and uh, sometimes it's complicated. People say some nasty things to her because she's stained, um, and uh, a kind of bigger mystery starts to set up by the end of the issue, which ends quite abruptly. But uh, actually, I kind of like this. I like it. It felt a bit similar to that Scott Daniel, something Daniel comic that we read last week, or that I read last week. <laughs> um, but it was much better than that. And this is on a, another another publisher that I've not read much from Four Five One. Okay, cool. So yeah, I read, like I said, lots of number ones this week. Yeah, they're really well. One more to go. This oh, one came came out through a, uh, a a publisher called Lion. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And Forge. I've and, never heard of this publisher before. But you read this book. I did. Yay. Good job, me. Uh, it's uh, written by, written and drawn by T- Terry Lebros, um, who is a Montreal-based co- comic book artist and writer. Um, Siobhan? I think he might actually just be French because this was originally 
published in France. All oh, right, it's just set in Montreal. Yeah. Um, tell me about what happened in this book. This is like this feels like take a, your time. <laughs> you've done you've done amazing work. Um, a the art on this is incredible. This feels very like beautiful Euro sci-fi kind of comics, and this is like uh, like a sort of future set world in which there is a you know special medical procedure that only the wealthy can um, take that gives them another life and it kind of looks like makes them into angels i don't know if that's just clever advertising or if that's what the um (coughs) procedure actually does but we follow a a young farmer boy who's um like farmlands are basically underwater because of environmental changes and so he has left the farmer's life to come into the city to have an adventure because why the fuck not he's just gonna (laughs) die on that land anyway so he might as well come to the city and have a bit of an adventure and he comes to the city and he sees a woman who has committed like who's from some kind of rebel group who um sort of causes an explosion in the underground and we sort of half follow her through his eyes while he is just trying to, like, find a hotel room kind of deal. Yeah. Way this better than I made that sound. Yeah. I actually really liked this. Incredible world that, that they've built in this first issue. Yeah. Um, and a lot of, lot of intrigue going on. It doesn't mm-hmm. really end on a, on a cliffhanger. It just kind of, like, sets, I guess, our three main characters up in this world. Um, and uh, a whole bunch of weird shit's going to go down. Yeah. This was good. I really like this. This was a beautifully illustrated series. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. He definitely is French because yeah, um, it looks extremely French. It's like like there is one thing this comic looks. It's mad French. <laughs> um, yeah, it. so uh, we didn't actually say what it's called. It's called oh, yeah. Ab- Aberato. Yeah, or Ab Ab. It's like is that two Ab- words? Yeah, I think it's like A B A B Irato. Yeah, and the it's called From Anger. I don't know what that means, but anyway, it's good. Yeah. Lion like Forge. sort of that style of like um, vaguely like it's not Mobius but like Mobius inspired French sci-fi. Then this is for you. Ah, Ab Arato is Latin from anger. Oh, there you go. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any way wise to do evil. Hmm. There Beautiful. you go. Beautiful psalm to end first <laughs> things first on. Those are twenty-two new number ones oh, that came out gracious. last week. Um, if did you read any of them? Did you read all twenty-two of them? Would you like to join me on a weird island in which you and I can discuss <laughs> them forever? We don't need to do that, ladies and gentlemen. You can come and join us online on the Serious Issues Facebook group, which you can find at facebook.com/groups/seriousissuespodcast. Mm. Serious Issues Podcast, um, and you can uh, discuss with eight hundred and fifty fellow comic book readers. Uh, who are just at your service 24 hours a day talking about comics, comic book movies, comic book TV shows, and uh, all good geeky stuff. It's an amazing community over there, and uh, it's a great way to uh, reach out to us and talk about the episodes as we drop them too. Maybe you can uh, recommend me some home remedies for getting rid of this goddamn cough, or maybe some home remedies that Siobhan can do to rid rid her home of the evil within. Nah. (laughs) Um, We now are going to go to our most beloved segment, which is Roll the Dice for Image, DC or Marvel. One to two are Image, three to four are Marvel, five to six are DC. That's right. It's time to roll this dice to see who who we review next. First, we're going to talk about Image because that was the number one. Nice. Then we're going to talk about uh, DC because that Mm -hmm. was number six. And then we're going to talk about Marvel. Nice. Excellent. Great. Image first. How many Image books did you read this week, Sean? I read one. (laughs) Sean read one. Uh, free comic book day is so much work, guys. Anyway, it's fine. We're not even going to review any of the, the free comic books. Do you want, did any stand out? Um, I wanted to reference quickly um, 
the main Marvel one, which has a little preview of Chip Zdarsky's new Spider-Man title cool. in the second half. The first half is the Secret Empire thing we were talking about before, but the second half is um, a bit of Chip Zdarsky's Spectacular Spider-Man. It was pretty good fun. A lot of pop culture references, though. So I'm... I'm I'm interested to see where that goes. Yeah. Um, also, the um, Fantagraphics title. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, I was going to say the same thing. The yeah. Fantagraphics title, title uh, features the death of Peppy the Frog. Yeah, finally. Thank goodness. They, you just can't let alt-right motherfuckers claim your shit. Um, there was also, I also the like, Drawn and Quarterly is a really good one to check out always. They had a really good all-ages one, which I haven't actually gotten around to read. Oh, wait, I did. It has like Moomin in it. Yes, yeah, that, that's something that I was going to shout out. Yeah. That was easily my favourite. Ar- yeah. um, Archie came to, to Kings with me and I was like, Archie, which free comic book do you want? And, and that, the Drawn and Quarterly one for kids is called like, Colourful Monsters. Colourful Monsters. And I was like, do you want Colourful Monsters? And he just nodded his head. Like, yeah. He was very freaked out by how many people were at King's. Because <laughs> when he goes, there's like six people in yeah. there normally. And then but there was like 2,000. Yes. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, we, we, I picked up that. It's an amazing book. And yeah. I, I actually like did the thing where the all three comic books date day releases should do. And it sold me on pretty much all four books that it previewed. It was yeah. big and chunky. The paper yep. stock was really awesome. Yep. And um, there was even like a... It's not really not really a comic. It's more like kind of like these fun drawings written by this um uh, an artist, yeah. and I loved that so much. Yeah, the other drawn and quarterly book was a little preview of the new Guy Delise um, book, Hostage. So Guy Delise does um like mostly sort of journalistic kind of uh, comics reporting. So he's done uh, what else has he done? Like he did uh, one from time he spent in Pyongyang, one um, a travelogue from China, one. Some time that he spent in Jerusalem, time that he spent in Burma, that kind of stuff. This is something different. This is like um, uh, another person's story. I can't think of who it is, um, but of someone who was kept hostage. Um, so, like, there's a really... Uh, I really enjoyed this. There was, like, I'm really keen to check out more of Guy Delise's work. And this was, like, very uh, brilliantly paced, really uncomfortable. We don't know, like, you don't know yet who this guy is, why he's being kept hostage, where he's being kept hostage. But um, very, very, very good. So that full release will be out shortly too, I think. Yeah, and they also had a preview of Poppies of Iraq, which is a um, memoir of a girl who grew up in Iraq. Very interesting. Cool. Mm. On to the one image book Ooh, you sorry. read. Also, just <laughs> quickly, um, the uh, Humanoids one, which was a really beautifully printed little preview of the Incal, which is a classic Jodorowsky and Mobius story. Like, that's awesome. I really... I hope a lot of people pick that up because if that introduces you to the Mobius's work, then that's like that's what Free Comic Book Day should do. You know what we should do? What should we do? A Mobius episode. Yeah, we should because I just got that big Edina. Yeah. The worlds of Edina as a special um, present to myself for doing Free Comic Book Day. <laughs> let's, let's endeavor to do that by yeah. the end of the year. That'll be really fun. That'd be nice. Um, we need to get some, we need to find some weird French wizard to do it with us though. Yeah, totally. Was he a French wizard? I, yeah, I mean, he definitely like, I mean, wizard. he was a wizard. Wizard and French. I'm right? sure he's French. French. Yeah. Uh, Paper Girls number 14 was the only image book that Siobhan read. Sorry, guys. That's fine. It'll be a short image segment. Uh, Good Lord, this book is good. Yep. This was a a particularly great issue too. Yeah, absolutely. This has like um, really amazing character development for all of the girls um, and their new friend who, you know, we we discover why a 13-year-old girl has a baby and who the men chasing her are. And it's really... um, Gross. Yeah, it's like very confronting and upsetting, but you, you it makes you love her all that more because she's so strong and so, um, you know, against tradition. And this is like, like, you know, this is a book where there is so all the main characters are women. the The future time traveler is a woman. 
the savage, well, savage in quotation marks, um, that they have sort of teamed up with as a woman. All the girls are girls. Like, you know, this is a this is a sick book to read as a as a lady comic. Yeah. Fan. Actually, again, to bring up free comic book day, did you read I Hate Image? No, I haven't Scotty actually Young. gotten to it. That it's was, on, it's that in was my very funny. And the, the paper girls play a pretty funny part oh, in that. If you didn't pick it up, um, Scotty Young, who does I Hate Fairyland, basically transported the character of... Uh, Gert. Of, whatever her name is from I Hate Fairyland into, into basically the entire Image universe. Amazing. And she has to move from one side of it to the other and, and, and basically like interacts and kills all the characters from the Image universe. That's it was, fun. It was very, very funny. That also seems like in the tradition of like classic Image comics. Yeah, definitely. Um, Brian Cave One has never been one to, uh, you know, um, shy away from dealing with extremely massive and, you know, difficult issues mm-hmm. in his books. And I feel like Paper Girl just tackles them all head on, isn't yeah. afraid to cover anything and does so in such a, like a really pure and sweet way as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like he just, it's just, it's also not um, like this horrible crushing focus of the story. It's just a, a reality, which is how a lot of the time these things are. And it's just dealt with really well, I think. Like, you know, this is um, sort of deals with sexual assault, I guess. Yeah. In it, you know, to put it really simply. Um, but yeah, this is... God, this is good. This is really good. And I'm really now, I'm even more interested to find out about these three men because one of them seems to me not that bad. Like, you know, like Shades of Grey, obviously, but the three men are chasing, um, I think her name is Nari, to get their baby back because any one of them could be the father. And one of them, the one who's wearing the helmet, who seems to be the kind of leader, is like, these are bad men. I'm not a bad man. I'm just trying to find my son. <laughs> Which is still like, you're still a bad man. You're still but, stealing it off a woman. <laughs> yeah. 13-year-old But it's <laughs> like, you know, shades of grey. Um, yeah, like, this is such a... This is top... Like, Saga is obviously still incredible, but this is the Brian K. Bourne book that I look forward to the most and probably enjoy the most at the moment. And Cliff Chang is amazing. Yeah, I think I still enjoy Saga a little bit more, but this is still an incredible book. Yeah. <coughs> so, on to sorry. another great segment of me talking to myself. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, talking to my cough. Uh, Planetoid Praxis this week uh, by Ken Garing, issue number four. Um, again, built this, you know, this crazy world uh, in which they've been self-sufficient and uh, seemingly in a war that they didn't realize had ended. And now uh, someone, like a, a massive corporation, informs them that the, that the war is over and wants them to basically sign a treaty so they're a part of the corporation and uh, this community refuses to. And so this I- issue ends with uh, them sending, them sending the community an invoice for sunlight, like use of sunlight. Oh, hilarious. And until they pay it, they've put a like a massive shade like a kind of like a, a big thing hovering <laughs> over their umbrella you know, hovering over their city that now that's another they can't access the sun wow and uh that was a very mr burnsian uh, yeah, I was gonna plot say. device but i um i haven't really seen the, like a corporation take like a, like a community taking on a corporation in space it's like it's just on a lot of levels it's a very special and cool book to me yeah like that's that's kind of the like that's the kind of sci-fi that i really like because sci-fi has that ability to make commentary about our world that we can't do directly. So, you know, taking on sort of corporations, using our resources and charging us for them um, is very relevant to now, but doing it in this um, context kind of gets that point across more clearly um, while also kind of slightly softening the blow. 
And I, again, I just got to give a special shout out to the, if you, if you flip this comic over on the other side, there's, you've got always got a few pages of backup material just called other things. Mm-hmm. And uh, this could be like a, like a one pager or, or like a bunch of sketches, but this is a, uh, like a five page comic uh, about a guy who's, who hunts, hunts monsters and sells children to witches. <laughs> it was great. It's always got like, it always feels a little bit like tales of the unexpected. Like yeah. that little thing is like, there's just a um, last page twist. That's always really um, horrifying and funny and yeah. satisfying. R.L. Stein should read these before he attempts to do it in his dumbass man. Just thing keep book. doing you, R.L. Stein. Yeah, but do it better. I'm heaps sad. I, this one actually sold out before I managed. To oh, get really? A copy. I'll, I'll leave it with you. Um, Extremity number three um, through Skybound, an image. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spice's book about uh, dueling uh, races in space, uh, and and kind of like like the the wrath of. Of like basically dealing with the wrath of cutting someone's hand off years down years later. Oh, <laughs> oh it's always it's always about the, the, the losing someone's hand. But uh, yeah, it's like yeah, this is like a kind of fun space war comic. Uh, you know, and then there's like mystical stuff and science based stuff. Mm. And uh, in this one, they 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 basically fire a dead young creature, this like like child, a, de- a dead a dead child, like if, using a catapult into the enemy enemy Whoa. terrain so the mother smells her dead young and then um attacks the enemy good lord pretty great stuff and it's That's got lots, lots of flashbacks to um how they were before becoming soldiers and um it's a, it's a very hard one to describe this book um the, the world is 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 amazing mm. the art is fantastic and uh there's a robot character who is fleshed out a lot more in this issue that wants to be more than just a killing machine awesome. and i thought that was really really sweet this is a great great series Nice. Uh, Skybound also put out a little book this week. Uh, maybe you've heard of it. It's called The Walking Dead, issue 167. Wow. And uh, this is, uh, this is the, uh, the, the arc A Certain Doom, in which we say goodbye to a character that uh, was previously said would never die or, or couldn't ever die. Oh. Um, and uh, not because they were, not not because they were overpowered or like you know had superpowers or anything like that. It was just always like this agreement that these two characters had that you know we don't die. And uh, in this issue, they died. Oh, sick! I'm um, not telling you who it was, um, but I would normally even know them. <laughs> no, this bucked the trend of uh, Walking Dead characters. Normally, when they die, it's very sudden mm. um, or it's torturous. Um, you know, it's it, more, more than likely though. It's like you know they'll either you know get bitten or ripped to shreds by a zombie, or they'll cop a arrow to the head, and that'll be it. You know, mid mid conversation, and you deal with it. All of a sudden, it's a you know it's a very it's a comic full of shocking deaths. Mm. But this was a drawn out death in which someone knows that their time is coming to an end, and so all the important people in their life, and there's a character that's been along around since the beginning, uh, comes to say goodbye to them. And we haven't really gotten that from Walking Dead, so. I don't think I don't know if Kirkman's writing was as strong as he thought it was, because mm. um, he, you know, he, he 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 himself says a very emotional farewell to the character instead of the letters column. This issue and this, this issue is a double issue as well, and there's oh, wow. no there's no action. It's just all tearful goodbyes. Oh wow! Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a different kind of Walking Dead issue, and um, you know, I think it, I think it was it was handled pretty well. Um, I think a, a, you you can accuse Kirkman of just killing people for shock value, but he definitely put a bit more thought into this one. I think it's impressive that like you know this is a comic that's been running for over ten years, um, so it's impressive that Kirkman is still managing to find new stories to tell and new ways to tell it um, in that universe. So kudos. Yeah, and this death is definitely going to have massive ramifications for the group, mm. which uh, not many deaths have had in a long while. 
So, yeah. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also read another Skybound book, a big, big Skybound uh, imprint. Skybound is Kirkman's imprint within Image. Um, Manifest Destiny, number 28, by Chris Dingus, uh, Matthew Roberts, and Owen Gianni. Um, this uh, is the, um, you know... Uh, what was it? Fucking eighteen hundreds, America. When did when did uh, Burke and Wills? I don't know. You know Burke and Wills is Australia. Oh, uh, who's the Burke and Will- who's the American <laughs> Burke and Wills? <laughs> I've read twenty eight issues of this. All, all I can think about is another click of that delicious Turbo Halia. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I should know this, but I don't. I'm sorry, everybody. They're, yeah, they're famous explorers. Yeah, and they're somebody and somebody, and um, I fucked it up, everyone. Um, it was a good issue. The end. <laughs> Nice. I know we, we have one listener who is a massive fan of um, Manifest Destiny, Stephen, who in fact actually like annoyed me until the point I picked up this series and wrote it. So uh, I, I've annoyed him back by just fucking up that review completely. Nice. Sucked in. That pressure doesn't work on me, guys. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's always right. I'm always right. Uh, so did we say we were going to review DC, DC next? I think it was DC next. Great. Another. I don't. I th- you know what? I can't even do my Batman voice. I'm too sick to do my Batman yeah, voice. Yeah, I'll do my Batman voice. Great. But he talks mostly like this. Hey guys. Issue 22 of Batman continued the button storyline. I can't even do it. Maybe it's that's pathetic. why you're sick. Right from doing too much Batman voice last yeah. week. I think so. Um, this is uh, the kind of crossover of the Flash and Batman and the Flashpoint universe. Um, which is a you know normally a massive event that if Marvel were doing it, it would be a line wide event, and mm-hmm. uh, you know you'd have to buy fucking thirty books just to get one storyline. But uh, I love that it's just you know it's very contained. Yeah, four issues. It feels very kind of classic um, DC. I think that um, I think that it is impressive because it seems like DC are actually listening a little bit. You know, like I think that they've taken note of um, the exhaustion that comic book fans are dealing with like the event fatigue um the fact that we can't all afford every tie-in to every single fucking comic guys and it's unreasonable to expect that of your fans i think that they're actually doing um like dc are doing a good job at the moment i think they're really doing a solid stop double shipping though yeah please stop double shipping (laughs) um so the button part three was written by joshua williamson and tom king uh, who did the story and Joshua Williamson actually did the script on this one which means this is the uh, least amount of writing Tom King has done on a Batman issue since he started doing this run mm-hmm. um, Jason Fabok on uh, Art Duties again doing great work and uh, this was an emotional issue in which Batman and the Flash are in the Flashpoint universe face to face with um, Tom Wayne aka Bruce Wayne's father who mm-hmm. has become the Bat in this alternate universe in which um, Bruce Wayne gets shot instead of his parents mm. Martha becomes the Joker. I know that's a big, like, spoiler, but you guys should have read that Flashpoint series by now. This is the, these are the, that these was are the, huge at the These time. are the things, you, you, your punishments. Yeah, this is your punishment. I'm just going to ruin that for all you all. Um, I am still enjoying this. Yeah. It's very, it's very silly. In this, we saw, like, because um, in the Flashpoint universe, Aquaman and Wonder Woman are doing it, guys, and they joined um, armies. And so in this, Thomas Wayne is a being attacked by... The armies of Atlantis and the armies of New Themyscira, um, which is pretty fun. And so then Batman and his dad, who is also Batman, fight while Flash fixes the cosmic treadmill, my favorite thing of all time. (laughs) Um, And then Thomas sort of sacrifices himself just because I think he's tired of living (laughs) while Bruce and um, the Flash escape. And, and but I, I love that they're bu- behind Thorn. They're behind the Reverse Flash. 
I like that though. Like so, on, yeah. the, on, on their way back to the, to to their time or their 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 dimension, they bump back into Reverse Flash, who we saw die in the first uh, part of the button, mm. and uh, he hasn't died quite yet. So they're, they're they're catching up with him, and he reveals that he's seen the people behind the button. So he's mm. he's he's seen the movie The Watchmen, and um, he's on his way to punch Zack Snyder in the face. Are they going to show I Zack mean, Snyder getting punched in the face? I hope so. <laughs> I already know the answer to this before I finished it. I was going to say, are they going to show Dr. Manhattan's wang in an issue? But they won't. No. It'll just be like behind a... Behind a button. A, behind a... That's, that's the thing. This is, this is what <laughs> this button is now. He covers his dick with the button. I would be really... He, all of a sudden he was like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I've been naked this whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, this is silly. This is silly good fun, but I like it. Um, over to Superman number 22 by Peter Tomasi and Doug Mankey. Um, continuing this great run of... Uh, uh, Black Dawn, in which um, they're trying to uncover the secrets um, of of the town in which they live now. What is it again? Hamilton County. Mm. Um, and this was an entire issue told from Lois's perspective, which I love because... I love a good Lois issue. Well, Tomasi has such a great handle on the character. Absolutely. Um, and she's such a badass and she's so good and loving and cool. And I just, I, th- I thought I really love this issue. Yeah. Um, she is... I love investigative reporter Lois Lane. Like, sort of, <laughs> yeah, she... you know, trying to figure shit out while everyone has left her in the house. Like, well... No one seems to be coming back, so I better try and figure this shit out myself. Um, and it's really cool. And uh, I love that she has, she still has the um, the glove from that um, crazy moon bat yep. um, suit that she wore on the moon in that that, that run, that issue. Um, and uh, makes it possible for her to uh, like drive the Batmobile. Yeah, the Batmobile great. shows up to to like like. Um, uh, what, what, what do you what do you call it when two superheroes join up together and uh, it's a team up? Team up. Yeah, I got there. <laughs> oh boy! You call it when two superheroes like do it. Force, force a team together <laughs> in an upwards direction. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I, I thought this was a really really fun issue. This is a great arc. Yeah, um, we still don't like. There's a lot of crazy dark secrets that the entire te- the entire town seemed to be. This is almost like what's that Edgar Wright movie? Um, where all the old people like kind of make sure all the world's keep, end. Yeah, you, uh, no, 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 one before that. Um, I don't it's, know. Um, uh, the two cops. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, it's like my favorite movie, Hot Fuzz. Hot, hot fuzz. fuzz is one of my favorite. Like hot movies. Fuzz, it has a Hot Fuzz vibe to it. Yeah, totally. Except I think they're probably aliens. <laughs> yeah. So a bit of a World's End vibe to it too. Yeah. Um, hot End. Yeah. <laughs> the World's Fuzz. But I really like that, like, because I remember, um, like, it's interesting, kind of taking that, like, uh, you know, the salt of the earth, heart of America, you know, Superman's from Kansas, and kind of turning it on its head a little bit. Like, I'll be interested to see where this goes um, in terms of where the Superman family ends up. And, like, like as mu- like Patrick Gleason is, like, the most amazing artist for this series, but um, I do love Doug Mankey's issues as well because yeah. he's also nailing it. Perfect fit. Absolutely. Great issue. Loved the it. Flintstones issue oh, no. 11. Oh, How'd I miss it? Oh, dear. Oh, God. I've had a bad week, guys. You know what? This was a good issue, but it was not the best issue of the Flintstones. Then I feel and you okay. can always read it. But uh, yeah, Mark Russell, Steve Pugh turn in their penultimate issue of the Flintstones. So sad. In fact, this issue ends with a very sad um, next next issue. Say goodbye to Bedrock. No, no. But this uh, was uh, kind of like the two main plots of this one was the Great Kazoo, um, the alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his home planet contacts him again, saying that they're going to uh, judge Earth to see whether or not they can destroy it or not. So there's a lot of alien stuff in this, which I don't really read the Flintstones for. Yeah, totally. Um, But the main plot in the Flintstones part uh, was that uh, Bedrock is gentrified. Oh, awesome. And so there's like a (laughs) vegan restaurant and the hipsters move in. 
Um, and uh, it was pretty funny, but it was very broad yeah. gentrification humor that I think Mark Russell himself is probably a part of enough to like do mm. better, more more biting satire yeah, of. Yeah, totally. Um, it's just just kind of just felt like an old person doing hipster jokes, which I know Mark Russell is better than. Yeah. <coughs> so you have like you know people with very well-groomed facial hair and right uh yeah um it was it was a pretty pretty funny issue and and you know of course any all these issues are good but it it definitely wasn't the best it wasn't the best it had a sweet okay. it had a sweet ending though you should still read it i will i definitely will uh nightwing issue 20 i'm sad i missed that too um you shouldn't be this issue this this series sucks now no like it it I really i want this arc to finish can i spoil this yeah 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 please um, do nightwing's girlfriend isn't pregnant false alarm no. so why i mean i get that that happens yeah. But, like, why string that along for so long? I mean, I also, like, also I'm glad they didn't do, like, a miscarriage or some bullshit like that. Because yeah. they're not going to give Nightwing a kid, even but, though that would be fun. it would fun. be so great if they did. Um, the funny thing is when, uh, when uh, why my wife was pregnant with, my, with Matilda um, was when Spider-Woman came out. Mm. It would have been funny if Nightwing was pregnant for you. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Um, it would have been amazing if Nightwing was pregnant. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this issue um, kind of... Like Doctor Hurt and Professor Pig both get taken out pretty easily, yeah. And then it's like this weird hallucination in Dick's head, and it's a bit like another. A lot of comics were like needlessly complicated to kind of get a grasp on this week mm. for me. Um, I just yeah, I really don't like where this series has taken a turn to. I'm going to give the next like you know storyline an issue, um, just to see to see where it goes. Um, next issue, time's up apparently. Oh, goodness. Um, because, like, you know, in, in spite of how annoying this issue was to me, it still ends on Damian Wayne and, and, and Dick um, jumping into the air in costume saying, we are still the greatest. That's fun. But That's like, really fun. I was like, oh, that's great. But then I'm like, wait a minute, the re- every other page was shit. <laughs> but um, I don't know, Tim Seeley's got a good handle on the character for the most part, but this was just, I guess, I guess this arc was just bum. You can yeah. do a bum arc. Yeah, Hopefully definitely. the next arc is good. Fingers crossed. Savage Things issue three is the like I feel like the, one of the only Vertigo titles coming out at the moment. Mm. Um, written by Justin Jordan with art by Ibrahim Mustafa, and it's about I don't know. It kind of feels like a uh, um, who's the dude that did like Snatch and Lockstock? Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie writing like a real edgy kind of assassin comic. Um, yeah, this was uh, it's fun. It's like a fun book of, of, of like you know a, a, a trained. See, like you know, a trained shadowy assassin trying to take out a bunch of other trained shadowy assassins before they try and like basically take New York off the grid um, through anarchy and violence. Um, yeah, it was pretty fun, pretty fun issue. Uh, so, Savage Things issue three. I love anarchy and violence. I know everyone knows that. You're right. You love anarchy. You love violence. <laughs> the three things about Siobhan. Those are our DC reviews. We've got Marvel left, everybody. Let's leave, lead with Nova, issue six, the penultimate issue of Nova um, by Jeff Loveness and um, Ramon Perez. Um, a real bummer to see this series going, but this issue for me, I really enjoyed because I, again, love that old uh, cosmic run that Abnett and Lanning did, and this absolutely felt reliant on you having read that to enjoy this issue. But maybe I'm wrong. Siobhan, did you like this? I really did. Right. I go. still I really enjoyed it. Siobhan was right. Yay. Um, so yeah, this, this dealt basically with um, with uh, Richard Ryder um, back in the Cancerverse, mm-hmm. where he comes back um, face to face or mind to mind with uh, his old kind of like compu- computer based companion, World Mind, who is basically like kind of like the voice in all the Novacore members' heads. He okay. is like a living being, but he only exists in your helmet. Right. And after all the Novacore were wiped out, he only existed in Richard Richard Ryder's helmet. And so he learned that. 
Richard Ryder was able to escape the Cancerverse, but he had to leave Worldmind in there on his own. And so now Worldmind is like out He's to pissed. kill him. Fair enough. Um, so this is a bit like 2001 with the killer AI unit yeah. come to destroy you. Um, um, but, but this is still like, this is still heaps fun. Like Super fun. One issue left. Super fun. Ramon Perez's art is really exceptional. I really, I, like, I, I'm, st- I'm still sad that this is finishing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I hope that... I hope that they get Perez to do something else. And love this as well. Yeah. He's a great writer. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. Um, it looks like, yeah, I, I, I bet you that we're going to get like a Nova Core book that would uh, be announced cool. very soon. I hope so. But it'll be a very different uh, writing and art team, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, over to, what, what did you read? Let me know. You read Jessica Jones? Yeah, I read that. Um, issue number eight of Brian Michael Bendis, Michael Gados, and Matt Hollingsworth on Jessica Jones. Um, and this was uh, an issue as much about Maria Hill. Um, who Bendis will occasionally have quite a good grasp on, mm. and I feel like he did in this this issue. See, I really like I really liked the last issue of this book. I thought that was a really solid issue. In this, I felt like we had three female characters who were all written exactly the same. Like As a Bendis. universe. A, what if Bendis was a girl times like, three? Like a universe in which Jessica Jones, Maria Hill, and Sharon Carter have all the exact same like vibe and vocal pattern and like little sort of weird Bendis-y vocal tics. It's a poorly that. written issue and this was heaps wordy. Like fucking hell Bendis. Rain it in a tiny bit. You know? Like- I wish I wish iTunes didn't um like get angry when you name um like they don't show your your episodes don't come up in the feed if you put put like, swears in it. In the in the episode title I would love to call this episode fucking hell Bendis. <laughs> fucking hell Bendis. Fucking hell Bendis. I wish, I wish you should call your kid Bendis. <laughs> No, <laughs> we're calling him Shatterstar. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. It wasn't great, and I barely understand what's going on with this, with like all the life model decoys and Maria Hill and Shield and blah 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 blah. I like, I like, I was totally on board for this series in the last issue and this one I was just like I don't care again (laughs) but watch you read issue number nine when it comes out yeah I will of course I will because I'm a sucker Uh, running with the devil it was the uh, daredevil kind of weird mini series launch of bullseye Electra daredevil and kingpin this is the bullseye issue at number 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 four by Ed Brisson um, and art by um, somebody Sana Somebody Sana. Somebody's on Guillermo Sana. Nice. Um, this uh, kind of brought to the head Bullseye coming face to face with the uh, other kind of assassin dude that has been trying to kill him. Just a, It was just a bunch of people fighting and dying. Um, the, the novelty is wearing thin at this mm. point yes. of a Bullseye comic. Because it, uh, it's starting to feel like he doesn't really feel like the, the Bullseye that I've read in other comics. Um, he, you're right. He is a one-note villain that shouldn't really be given much more to flesh <laughs> out. There's only so much you can do there, guys. And Siobhan was right again. Yes. X-Men Gold this week. I know I said I wouldn't read it, but I did. Hey, all right. Didn't and we all? Also, that means like we got three issues of X-Men Gold in four weeks. It's too much. Fucking hell, Ben Bendis. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is uh, by Mark Guggenheim with pencils by Ardy and Syaf. This is the last issue that he penciled. I don't think we'll see him on Marvel Book ever again in his life. Poor guy. Inks by uh, Craig Young and Jay Leaston. Uh this is the continued story of uh, the kind of core X-Men team 
you know, of course. Run by, like, uh, Kitty Pride is now the boss of X-Men. She's the boss. She's the boss. She's the CEO of X-Men Enterprises. <laughs> and this is the team with, like, Old Man Logan and Storm and Nightcrawler and Piotr. And um, some government official, you know, was, was trying to barracking for um, mutants to be deported in, la- in the last issue. And wouldn't you know it, turns out she's behind the whole thing. She tried to kidnap and kill the mayor. Um, you know, it's it, this is a very very quick end of the end of first arc, three yeah. issues and done. Um, and I guess this is kind of what X Men needed. I don't know. I, I thought this was kind of boring, but um, yeah. I mean, like, I'm into it because it says next Gambit. Yeah. So now we get to see Gambit come back, who is great. Yeah, and, it, and it's so funny how how little effort some comics need to do to keep you reading. Yeah, like, totally. Th- this ended, <laughs> and I was like, well, that was boring. I don't need to read another one of these, and then just. Two words. Next, Gambit. I was like, "Ooh, maybe I do." <laughs> I don't even like Gambit, but, no, but when you say when you best. say his name with an exclamation mark, I'm like, "Okay, I'm on board." My favorite, my favorite thing ever is like, because everyone in like so many of the X Men have funny like accents and are written like that. Like a comic in which you have um, a Russian, a Russian who says like "Bojemoy" all the time. Kurt, the German. Yep. Um, fucking Rogue isn't in this, but I wish she was. And she says Ma. Yeah, sugar. sugar. Um, and Gambit showing up with all of his like Creole nonsense. Um, I love it. So like, yeah, this isn't this isn't amazing by any means, and the X Men really should be better than this, just because it's like the X-Men. a really good concept yeah. <laughs> at its core. Um, but I'm still gonna read it because I'm dumb. Um, most of you listening probably would have read this a couple of weeks ago, but it only just shipped to Australia. Moon Knight issue number 13 by Jeff Lemire, Greg Smallwood, and Jordi Belair. Um, the penultimate issue of this. Man, I said penultimate four times now in this episode. A lot of episode. things are finishing. Also, I've stopped coughing, so I guess I'm healed. Thank goodness. Um, this is the best series, and I'm really, really sad that there's only one issue left after this. This was a particularly good issue. Yeah. Um, I um, It's one of those series, you know, we read a lot of comics. I can't wait for this issue, this series. No, I, I mean, I, I, can't, I can wait. I don't want this series to end, but also I'm excited for it to end so I can pick up issue one through um, 14 yeah. and read them all in one hit. Absolutely, because, like, you realize all of a sudden that everything that Jeff Lemire has been doing, even in, like, the previous series before it was renumbered, has been leading to this sort of final confrontation. Did it get renumbered? I think it did, didn't it? Wasn't no. there a first arc and then it got renumbered? You're thinking of the Warren Ellis run. I don't think I am, but anyway. In this case, Siobhan is wrong. I think I'm right. <laughs> um, and that's what really matters, friends. Um, but anyway, so it's all leading up to this final confrontation between um, Moon Knight and Conchu, and um, I'm heaps into it. Those are and all the Marvel. So good. Oh, the art for like Craig Smallwood. Craig Smallwood. He's one of the best. He's really good. Yeah, he's, hope, he's hope, up there. He's top tier Marvel. Can't wait to sure. see what he does next. Hopefully, Marvel hold on. To I it. read two more Marvel titles. You did it. You re- I did. The tables have turned. Guess who now is like uh, serious issues chief reader of annoying <laughs> teenage girl uh, superheroes. It's me. Um, so I don't know why because I've complained about this so much. But I read issue five of the Unstoppable Wasp. <laughs> you complained about it so much that I dropped it. I know. But I really like... God you know damn it, Shinbone. You know what I think it is? Fucking hellbenders. You know what I think it is? I think that I like the art too much to really stop. Because every time I'm like, mm, I don't want to read this. And then I start looking through it. And I'm like, mm, you know what? This is actually pretty fun. And now that she has her team of like cool teenage girl scientists together. And now they're actually like fixing a problem. So in this, uh, Nadia's um, friend from the Red Room, Ying, who has come... Um, and has a bomb in her brain. Nadia's brought together her team of science action girls to 
get the bomb out of her brain. And it was just a really fun issue. Cool. About them, like, you know, solving problems and drinking coffees and, like, annoying Jarvis. And it was, like, like the art's really good, I think, is the main. I think is the main reason that I like it. And um, just further proof against that thing that whoever it was at Marvel said that people don't pick up books for their art. I am reading this despite myself because of the art. <laughs> is uh, she less annoying to you yet? This She was the least annoying in this issue so far, but I think it was because she wasn't in it as much. Um, I liked that she was... I, I liked in Secret Empire number one this week because she's in it. Yeah. She has like one or two lines and yeah. I actually thought they nailed the character. Yeah, they did he, a good job. He, he, he did a good job. Um, I also Anya read... Spence. I also read issue six of uh, Kelly Thompson, Michael Walsh, and Jodie Blair's Hawkeye. This is um, sort of finishing up the arc of, um, what's her name? Kate Bishop. I always call her Kate Kane because I'm an idiot. Kate Bishop um, teaming up with uh, Jessica Jones to solve a weird crime where a chick is turning into a dragon, but she turns out to be an inhuman because, duh. Ugh, I know. It was so pretty lame. And some of, the, some of the pages in the end, some of the panels in the end, it looked like it was just printed really, really poorly, which is kind of annoying because there were all these like weird bits where like Jessica Jones's face was really stretched. Um, I still, I, like this wasn't the most incredible arc by any means, um, but I'm still going to read this book because I still like it. I still like the art. And I think Kelly Thompson does a good job of her. Um, so we, we reviewed a couple of books in the last little stack that um, Colors were by Geordie Belair on. Mm. And I just want to give her a little special shout out because the Eisner Award nominees were released yeah. last week. And, um, you know, I agree with some of them. I, I thought Tom, Tom King not getting uh, Best Writer nominated was baffling, but nowhere near as baffling as the fact that Geordie Belair wasn't nominated as Best Colorist because yeah. she has done some of our favorite work on Colors in the last year. Yeah. Um, was Tender yeah. Bonvion nominated as well? No, no, I don't two. think she was. I think it's hard. Like I, I, like, I brought that up in the group. Like, I was really surprised that Jordi Belair didn't get nominated. But I think it's also, like, there's only so many people that you can nominate every year. And there's a lot of really great colorists working right now. So I think it would be, like, I, I would be shocked if Jordi Belair, like, I'm pretty sure, did she win last year? I can't remember. Maybe she did. Maybe, but, yeah, maybe. you know, like, it's just sort of, there's not yeah, you're right. It's the, hard. It's a tough thing. And, like, you can go through each lesson and go, like, well, this wasn't nominated for this. Um, and there'll always be something that you think is missing. The, the, more, probably more often than not, though, it's, like, weird series. I'm like, that, we didn't even read more than one issue of that. That, issue, that series sucked. Like, yeah, there were that a couple Archangel things. IDW series got, got nominated for some yeah. reason. That was boring. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know. I don't know who does the selections for the Eisners, but I don't understand. Some old man in a room somewhere. Nice. It's Will Eisner, actually. And <laughs> they brought it back from the dead. <laughs> They defrost him every every <laughs> award season. Um, so now we are going to uh, wrap up that beloved segment. It's a very long segment. Roll, roll a dice for Image, Marvel, or DC. And review the rest of the books that weren't under those banners. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's kick it off a little bit of Archie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reggie and Me, Issue 5 by Tom DeFalco and Sandy Jarrell wrapped up the Reggie and Me series. That was a really nice surprise from Archie. Um, did yeah. you read this? Yes, I did. Yeah, I thought this was, um, you know... It, Maybe wrapped up a bit too cleanly and, and wholesomely. But I think, you know, it's an Archie book. You, you kind of expect that from this. And it's sort of like, it didn't end up like that. Like, it, it ended up semi-wholesomely. But then also, Reggie is clearly still a bit of a jerk at the end of it. Yeah. You know, like, it ends up with everyone being like, hey, Reggie, we're all friends. We're all here to support you because that's what friends do. And Reggie is like, gee, thanks, guys. It really means a lot. But then at the end, he's still clearly like, 
out to get Midge and out yeah. to. I'm I'm, I'm going to spoil a very low stakes spoiler in a uh, all ages comedy book. But at the start of this issue, um, it's made out that after getting hit by a car in the last issue, um, Reggie's dog Vader is not going to make it to the end of the issue because he says like you know. I've, you know, this is this is it's not a happy ending, everybody. Mm. But uh, he ends up pulling through, and the not a happy ending um, that he's talking about is that Reggie hasn't learned anything from <laughs> from this series and is back to his old ways. But like, I love it. It that's, was great. That's the Reggie I know and love. Yeah. yeah. And also shout outs to um, Archie Comics for putting as many dogs as they do in their books because we have convinced the only way that we managed to convince Lynn from King's Comics to read um, Archie Comics is because there was a dog in <laughs> in Reggie and Me. That's the first book that she read. And then she was like, wait, Jughead has a dog as well? And so now she's reading Jughead and the main Archie title. She's like, these are great. I'm like, I know. I wish I didn't have to convince you to read things That's with so dogs. That's so funny. All right, if, if you have a favorite comic book with a dog in it, let us know. Yeah. Um, hit pass us, it on. Hit us up at serious underscore underscore issues on Twitter or individually, Siobhan CBG at LevDog. Um, and uh, let us know <laughs> your favorite comic books with dogs in them so we can pass them on to Siobhan. To Lynn. So, sorry, to Lynn. <laughs> Who's not just. No, no, no pass them on to Siobhan and then Siobhan can pass them on to Lynn. Um, but like the only reason Lynn read Mockingbird is because there was corgis in it. <laughs> there, were, there were a lot of corgis in There were a lot of corgis book. in it. Uh, over to Aftershock right now. Did you read either of these books? I did. I Blood Blister. Book. Issue number two is uh, a. Big old disgusting book. It's uh, so icky. Um, caught by Phil Hester and Tony Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a book about if you sell your soul <laughs> out to the corporate world, the pipe, what's the, what's the, the, the time, to, time to pay the piper? Yeah, something you like motherfucker, that. motherfucker, because you got, your soul is tainted now. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, uh, a like woman who's been chopped in half, whose skin is decaying, takes off the shirt of our hero in this uh in, in a hallucination that he's having and then licks his nipple <laughs> and then the bites grossest. his nipple. It's, it's the grossest. It's so good. It's so, it's my favorite so panel. Icky. I love it. Um, but yeah, this is, this kind of deals with him in, in the real world and in these like awful kind of visions that he keeps having. Um, and he's got like these, like there's something terrible. Like I like the, it's this real kind of disgusting body horror stuff. Like you'd kind of almost expect this in like a Japanese comic it kind of feels like that this is like his body having a physical manifestation of the evil that he commits through his job as like i think he's what is he's a lawyer or he's in advertising ceo right okay anyway he's some corporate dipshit um and he's got this gross blood blister on his arm and he pulls a tooth out of it it's got teeth in it and it's got like he's got like bags of blood and gross stuff at his desk that he has to keep throwing out. He's only just gone to the doctor about it. That's a that's a serious problem, bro. You should have gone before then. Um, but yeah, I sort of like this. <laughs> it's disgusting, but I'm into it. Yeah, Tony it, Harris is doing great work on this. Yeah, definitely. It's 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 a pretty enticing story. And now it looks like another a, a demon is on 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 its way to take down our hero or something. I don't yeah, know. I'm heaps into it. Um, yeah, there is fun. like a, the, the the front cover of the next one has like an Apache warrior. Yeah, on the front. cool. That looks fun. Um, Warren Ellis and Phil Hester again uh, this time Phil Hester on art he wrote Blood Bister but he also did the art on Shipwreck which is written by Warren Ellis issue 4 of this book uh, which features a, a kind of like world displaced uh, astronaut mm-hmm. and scientist uh, and uh, he's like the only out of towner on this weird kind of limbo-esque um, place that he's, sh- he's stranded on um, we kind of see him explore the world and make a new potential friend. Mm-hmm. And then we learn backstory of how he got to this world, who he betrayed to get here. And I don't know, we don't really know why he did it yet, but mm. um, it's very, there's a really curious book. It's, you know, 
classic Ellis, like only yeah. only giving you very tiny amounts of answers while giving you so many questions alongside it in each issue. But I really like it. It's really good fun. This like feels like sort of weird classic Ellis sci-fi. Yeah, formulaic Ellis in which she does that kind of stuff is is crack. It's, it's so good. easy to get yeah, hooked on. Totally. Um, over to IDW, Helena Great. Crash issue three. I learned that this is penultimate issue oh. it's only a four issue miniseries um and uh oh, no which is, it's a bummer because it's a very fast moving um, yeah. issue that i was like oh well the next one will be media and then i'm like oh wait no, the, it's gonna wrap up in the next one so i don't know what the what the heck the plan is there that seems crazy this is a good book by um uh, creators that i'm also going to follow now um especially the art by warwick johnson cadwell but also the um writing by fabian wrangle jr mm. <coughs> um yeah this was a uh, this is like the book in which uh, coffee has been outlawed and Helena Crash is like a, a mercenary who mm-hmm. delivers c- coffee and, and doesn't take a side. Yeah. And uh, so this now has her going... forced to take sides. Yeah, because she, she has to have a, a face-to-face battle with the white demon mm. and it's very video gamey and fun. Um, yeah, I, I sort of hope that like... I, I would kind of like it if, if this is just a four-issue miniseries that maybe this is one that we get another little four-issue miniseries set in the same world. Yeah. Because it's heaps fun and she's a character that works really well. Yeah, agreed. Um, also in the backup material, there's just like a little... There's always a little um, letter from Fabian and a picture of... He wanted people to send in pictures of themselves drinking coffee, reading this comic, and he has the same mug as me. We have we have the same mug. It's the coolest mug ever. It says, it says Bill Gaines was it right. Says Siobhan is right. <laughs> I would I would get that. We'll um, make that. We're gonna yeah. do a um a Patreon page soon. Yeah. Let us know what dumb rewards you would like the uh, serious issues Patreon page to offer. Maybe yeah. we can see in our budget we can do a Siobhan was right. Siobhan is right. <laughs> I like Siobhan, it was right. Also, I didn't, I didn't start I'm that, like, by the way. Who did? Uh, DJ Leon Smith. Really? Yeah, DJ Leon Smith says that I'm always right. Shouts to DJ so Leon he, Smith. he um, calls and asks for my advice. DJ Leon Smith is a DJ pal of ours who yeah. gives incredible baby gifts. So He's look a, forward to that. I'm excited. Uh, Matilda is currently wearing sneakers that he gave to Archie when Archie was born. So and they're cool. still, they're, they're unbelievable Jordans. They're Adorable. very good. Um, over to Dark Horse right now, Empowered oh, and the Soldier of Love was the uh, three-issue miniseries written by Adam Warren with guest art by Carla Diaz. I missed this again. Uh, about all of the characters in the Empowered universe falling in love with each other because of this uh, Soldier of Love. Uh, it's a very funny story, nowhere near as good as the regular Empowered stories is. Ah, sorry. Mm. Um, but uh, it was a good little taste while we wait for the next Empowered book. And the best thing about this issue is that it gives you the news cool. and a preview for the next book, which is called Full-Time Super Homie, finally. Oh my God, amazing. Empowered Volume 10. How many volumes of Empowered have you read? I've still in the red Volume 1. Oh, dude, you got to catch I up know. the whole... Cause, I know. Because you you, that number one, it's still like kind of like almost like a strip. Yeah. More so than it is like an ongoing series. It gets so wonderful. Yeah, I've got, to, I've got to read more Empowered. Um, yeah, so this, this was fun. It's great to see Empowered coloured. Um, I hope that we art. see more of um, Carla Diaz, though. I really enjoyed her art on this series. Yeah, I reckon Dark Horse will pump her for quite a, quite a lot of work now. Yeah, fingers um, crossed. But yeah, I'm so excited for a new Empowered book because it's actually been like almost, has it been three years? At least two. Um, two years since the last issue came out, last kind of trade came out. Love that series. Everyone go read all of Empowered before, before <laughs> the issue 10 comes out. Uh, Kaboom put out two books this week under their Kaboom imprint or Boombox. One, one was Boombox, one was Kaboom. That's funny. So Brave, Brave Chief Brianna, but which is the kids one? Is Kaboom Kids and Boombox is the young adults? Is that? That's how I would see it, but I don't know if that's accurate. Um, Brave Chief Brianna, issue number three Brave of Chef. four. Brave, <laughs> fucking hell. Brave, I guess I didn't say Brave, Brave Chief 
banana. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brave Chef Brianna um, is the uh, kind of competitive cooking book in which um, uh, Brianna is. I love this fact that we learned about it. This I don't know if we learned about this earlier, but she has fifteen brothers. And one of the one of the characters goes, "Your poor mum." Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah uh, her, her, her father is a very famous um, chef and he's going to give his legacy to whichever of his children can be the most successful in, in a new restaurant um, that they open. And uh, sh- Chef Brianna has mm. uh, opened up a restaurant in Monster Town and uh, is using forbidden ingredients like flour and sugar in the monster world. This book is so good. Yeah, it's really fun. Like that sounds really complicated, but it's way... Like, it's really easy to understand what's going on here. It's really sweet. It's really funny. It deals with, like, things Huge like, you things. know, anxiety. depression and anxiety yeah. um, with a really, like, really cleverly and really, like, gently done. Um, yeah, I really like this. Yeah, and I always, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. I'll, re- I'll read Brave Chef Brianna, like, yeah, know, whatever. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I love this series. Yeah, 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 totally. It's one of those ones that, like, it's not at the top of my pile, but when I read it, I really enjoy it. Yeah. So uh, Sam Sykes and Selena Esparito and Sarah Stone, you're doing a great job on this book. I really, yeah. really love it. And there is a crazy American recipe in the back for something called buffalo chicken tater tot casserole, which sounds terrifying. But, but that, that, that recipe actually features in, uh, in, in, the this, book. in the book. Real fun. Love this book. Heaps fun. Uh, Goldie Vance, number 12 by Hope Larson, Jackie Ball, Noah Hayes, and Sarah Stern. Doing colors on this one too. Um I kind of was like, all right, get on with it. With this. Mm. this is the first Goldie Vance issue I haven't really loved. I still really enjoyed it. Like this, um, I mean, it's very, oh, you know what? I did that thing again where I read half the issue and I didn't read the rest of it. Because I was Jim. like, I don't remember Fucking the rest of this hell, issue. Bendis. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Whatever. I liked the first half, I guess. It seemed fairly separate from the rest of the Goldie Vance universe. Like this is very firmly set within like the racing stuff and not so much like with her like, Girlfriend and hotel. I normally life. do like that. I don't know why. I, 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 yeah, whatever. This 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 ending didn't, didn't feel very. Yeah, I am, and uh, um, I'm not right all the time. Levens is picky. Siobhan is right. <laughs> um, you should also make mugs that say "fucking hell, Bendis." On. <laughs> Will we get sued? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe there's another Bendis we can say we're referencing. Hmm. Um, yeah, uh, that's the end of this arc. This Goldie Vance arc. Um, I don't know if it's going to continue. I assume it will. I assume it will. I feel like this is a good enough seller for <laughs> Boombox for them to continue it on. Sort of I like indefinitely. That, it's, that it sets up a new antagonist in uh, in Sugar's sister. Oh, cool. Potentially coming out of jail to take down Goldie. Fun. I'm going to read the rest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at some point. Uh, Vault Comics put out Colossi number one. Sorry, number, number one a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And uh, I thought it was all right. And then issue two was awesome. Oh, nice. This is a great series. I'm sad I missed this. About a bunch of people that get accidentally transported to a world in which they're tiny and all the regular people are big. Always classic. And um, so they kind of, they spend most of their time in a dollhouse, but then there's some, some weird supernatural element to it. A whole lot of questions after reading this issue, but this was a really, really cool read. Um, it's written by... Uh, um, Ricardo Mo. Um, Alberto Muriel, uh, Stellaria, and HDE on letters. Um, this is a just a six, like really great second issue. Mm. That, I thought the first issue moved way too quickly, and then this 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 issue happens like like you know it's like five minutes over the, over the course of an entire issue. Oh, amazing! Um, yeah, this was a, this is a really cool book. Um, it, you know, it, it feels familiar, but normally when you see these kind of books, it's like you know a bunch of kids are suddenly small in a world full of giants. But this mm. is like like this bunch of characters die. Yeah. And like get get really 
you know, badly attacked by animals and um, it's cool. It's cool. a re- really cool series. That sounds cool. My favorite, one of my favorite comic book examples of that um, sort of, oh no, now we're tiny, is the, like it was like, I think only two or three issue arc of um, Charles Soule's uh, She-Hulk run that was illustrated by Ron Wimbley. Uh-huh. That was sick. Oh, yeah, that was awesome, that one. They got tiny. Pin particles. Yeah, they went yeah. tiny. It was great. Um, one that I read that you did not was um, issue two of Gumballs by Erin Nation, which is published by um, Top Shelf. This is like, this is similar. I mean, it's sort of like an anthology comic by one person, or it's like a number of short strips. Um, but it's all like, you know, it's, it's by a uh, trans writer. And it sort of deals with like all different sides of her um his life sorry fuck i'm the worst um but you know like it's it's all different characters um it's all different elements and aspects of what he's currently going through as he transitions um and not in like a that's the like it's 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 about him it's not about the transition if that makes sense um so it deals with a lot of things really well and it's a really lovely series and i I really recommend it i think it's a really solid one if you like autobiocomics this is this is a great example of the form, and it's a fun little pickup. You know, it, 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 all the stories are such small little bursts. Yeah, it's pretty much like one to two page little stories, so you can um, a notebook. It's a good toilet read. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we both are going to end this episode on yeah. uh, Black issue number three, three, five. Sorry, issue five. <laughs> sorry, it's because um, one of the, issues, the designs are by Tim Smith three, um, and uh, this is written by Kwanzaa Osayefo and uh, illustrated by Jamal Eigel. Um, this, for me, this is a, a story about um, uh, basically a world in which um, only only people of colour receive uh, superpowers, mm-hmm. um, and uh, specifically black people of colour. Mm-hmm. Um, does that work as a phrase, black people of colour? I don't know. No, no, no. Let us know. Serious issues. Um, and uh, I thought this was easily the best issue of this so far. In yeah, fact, the totally. last issue, I was like, why do I read this? Because, you know, it's it's the coolest, craziest concept, but I feel like it, it, it's very wordy and kind mm-hmm. of exposition heavy sometimes. But this was an awesome issue that featured like a prison escape, but they don't escape to to escape. They escape to destroy like the yeah. lab in which that that, 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 that they're prison by. And a character and- has like intentionally allowed himself to be imprisoned so that he can do that. And his powers are still working, even though... They, the the jailers think that he has he has not. This is another example. Like I would put this along with like I mean, planetary practice is obviously very different, but like <coughs> something like Bitch Planet, where you use you you can use the format of superheroes and you can use the format of grindhouse comics to say something really um, profound about our world that you know you can say normally, but has a lot of impact in this format and in, in this story. And I think it's really cleverly done. Like the reasoning. As to what, like, you know, they don't really understand why only black people have um, superpowers, but, like, the sort of explanation as to why that caused slavery and stuff like that is really clever and really well done. And um, it's, like, a genuinely super enjoyable superhero comic as well as being this really important social commentary. And I think this is a great book. It's a really strong issue. Yeah, book. really strong issue. And there is a backup for something called Beautiful Cans- Canvas. Oh, I was going to talk about this too. Which looks awesome. Um, by I don't know who the Cavella, Lindsay, Pharrell, and Feria. Um, Looks great. About like a hit hit woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at, at one point, she, she someone is doing cocaine off a carrot. Yeah. Sees the hit woman, throws the carrot at her. She shoots through the cannon, the cannon, the, the carrot, and into the 
woman who threw the carrot's head. Great. Real good stuff. Amazing. Great, great comic book storytelling. Nice. Um, good issue. Good week. Um, I also began reading. I haven't finished it yet, but I talked about it last week. My Brother's Husband, uh, a manga by uh, Gengoro Tagame. And uh, this is about... Uh, in, basically, in in the course of like five minutes, um, a father and his daughter find out that well, the daughter. Let's, let's, let's go. What the this is what the daughter learns in the space of like five minutes when a man, uh, a big bearded gay man, knocks on her father's door. She learns that uh, her father was a twin, mm-hmm. and her that her that her father's twin brother, essentially her uncle, is now dead. Whoa. Um, she learns that her uncle was married. Mm-hmm. To a man. Whoa. She learns that men can get married. Great. In America, in, in Canada, but not in Japan. Okay. I think that maybe is all she learns, but there's just a big br- five minutes. So, yeah. And, and I get, this is like, basically, this book is a, a commentary on how gay culture is so, um, so far behind that, like, you know, the Western world in Japan, mm. even though Japan is quite progressive in many other um, facets. Uh, but um, it, that, and it, that, that, that kind of, learning from her mm. point of view was really fun to read and um yeah i'm really looking forward to to, to, to reading all of it I'll, I'll check back in with everyone next week i'm gonna probably smash through it tonight yeah i'm really keen to um to pick this one up this uh, week this made me go i feel like this is something that you should uh try and uh hold me to i would i would love to a challenge to read a manga a month yeah i i will support that i have so much of my manga out of storage even like maybe one new thing and one old thing from, yeah. from your vault. I mostly read old stuff, but yeah. <laughs> I'm, but I'm keen on like, I don't know, I feel like, you know, like so much of it comes out each week. Yeah, Kings. absolutely. There's heaps. There's, there's so much manga and I barely, I barely dip my toe into it. Like the majority that I read is like um, old Tezuka works that have just been printed into English and anything by Naoki Urasawa. Um, but I'm always keen to read heaps more because there's so much good stuff out there. Maybe a monthly manga club episode. Yeah, that's Could a be call. a kind of bonus thing that we could offer when we set up our Patreon. Nice. I think that could be one of the... Uh, the goals that we try and achieve. Good call. Um, I also, because I bought myself a whole bunch of treats <laughs> as a good job for finishing free comic book day reward. Um, and I picked up something which had been sitting in my standing order box for a very, very long time. Don't do that, guys. Um, this is by Mike Richardson and the great, great Stan Sakai who does um, Yusagi Yojimbo. Yeah, I've always meant to read this. I, I have like one, because this, 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 this was collect, this is put out in single yes. issue format like a couple of years ago, right? Yes. Um, so this is called 47 Ronin, which is if you're familiar with like Japanese culture or like samurai stories, this is probably one that you're already pretty pretty aware of um because it's like a really classic samurai ronin story of um sort of loyalty and honor and codes and things like that in feudal japan and it is totally brilliant stan sakai does he does such an awesome job of um like this is quite a bit more detailed than his usagi um work especially in terms of the backgrounds and the beautiful palaces that he draws um and obviously these aren't anthropomorphic characters and he does a really good job of kind of capturing the essence of those like wood block illustrations while still looking, you know, uniquely like his style. Um, and this is a really brilliant story and I really highly recommend anyone tracking it down. I feel like we talk about black and white comics that are like, you know, like incredible mm. all the time. I've, I've never brought out y- Usagi. Yeah. Um, I love Usagi. I, I, yeah. And in fact, one of my most proud um, books in my in my collection is Fantagraphics re- like released a massive double hardcover box collection of all of the um, like the first seven volumes of Asagi by oh, Sakai, so and it's like I, I think I, I binged through it all in, one, in a mm. week one time, 
And then I was like, wow. And then learned that there were like 10 trades that Dark Horse put out too. And I, I think I've got, gotten through through them. I've never gotten through all of it because it is... It's so long running. You, like, it's, <laughs> it's, you have to really um, be committed to reading the whole series to get through it all. But it isn't like an ongoing, super ongoing arc. That, you know, you have like these little stories within and characters pop up. I love that there's a rhinoceros with mm. half a horn. So he's, good. he's a great recurring character. Fuck, that's a good series. And his yeah. cartooning is brilliant. Yeah. I would, one day I will do the entirety of what he's done, but it's still ongoing. It's crazy. Yeah, totally. Right? It's one of those books that I'm just really glad exists and there's room for it to exist at Dark Horse. It's just something that, you know, just Stan Sakai seems to have a, a job for life, which is he, nice. He has health problems, right? That's why he was trying to like yeah, raise money to I think pay so, for those. Yeah. I might, maybe I'll just go ahead of myself and, and buy all the trades and give him some money. Yeah, it's a good call. Uh, so that is the episode for the week. But before we go, we're going to let you know what you should buy next week. Uh, next week, or well, this week, sorry, this week uh, is a is a much smaller week than this week. Thank the good lord. Because that was like that was another that was a fifty that was a fifty issue week of serious issues. Everybody, oh boy. Um, so the big comics to look out for this week. Siobhan, I don't know if you looked through it, but um, we get a brand new young animal book written yeah. by, written by um, Mike and Lee Alred and drawn by Mike Alred and with Laura Alred. Um, and apparently, it's going to be the wackiest young animal book yet. Whoa. Um, we also get a new number one from Cullen Bunn on, on Image called Regression. Um, we get season two, number one of uh, Renato Jones. Woo! Who, who, like who's that. the dude that wrote that again? Um, Kyle Kari Andrews. That's the one. Like that. um, we get two new number one, three new number ones, four new number ones Fucking from Marvel. Uh, we get the Rocket Raccoon number one by Al Ewing called Rocket. We get Secret Warriors that comes with a Trad Moore cover, which cool. is very exciting. And that one's been written by uh, Matt Rosenberg. And oh, it's, cool. Uh, okay, I will read a that. A bunch then. of inhuman <laughs> human characters. Yeah, that's gonna be, I think that's going to be really, really fun. And it's Matt Rosenberg who we've enjoyed lots of his kind of mm-hmm. like fringe titles over at Marvel. And of course, four kids walk into a bank. But And, he, and his Archie and the Ramon story was very good too. But we've never seen him on a team book, I guess, beyond the Archie. Mm. And the, those are two, two of the best <laughs> superhero teams in the world. Um, they're also putting out Star Wars The Screaming Citadel number one, which is the team up of Luke Skywalker and Dr. Afra. Sounds great. Um, Zombies Assemble is a uh, Marvel Zombies manga that they're collecting for the first time in single issue format. Good God. Yeah, check that out. Uh, and also from Marvel, we get the final issue of uh, Jerry Duggan's Uncanny Avengers that I'm really looking forward to too. Um, through Image, we're also getting um, the third and final book of AD After Death oh, wow. by Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire. Did you catch up on this? No. You should. I should. They're good. They're all very good. I'm really excited also for God Shaper issue two. Um, that's by Cy Spurrier and the artist who I can't remember, but I really enjoyed issue one. And uh, Black Cloud issue two um, comes out too. So cool. hopefully we can work out what the fuck happened in that first issue. I know you've already read it, um, but uh, I'm looking forward to, 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 to trying to figure it out. Okay, damn it, really? <laughs> I was like, it's all going to make sense. We also get second issues of Black Panther and the crew by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Also, just a, just a heads up, I'm probably uh, not going to read Ghostbusters Funko Universe issue one. Here's the thing. We were actually meant to get another... Like I think it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Funko Universe number one this week and one just passed. Stop but the madness. It didn't it didn't ship or or maybe Good. things that didn't order any. So maybe, <laughs> maybe they're so. on your side. Uh, and uh, also Big Rock Candy Mountain through image number two of that too. So lots of great stuff coming out. Um, it's, it's it's under forty issues for once, which is very exciting when that happens to us at Serious Issues. Woo. Um, Siobhan, thank you so much for another wonderful episode. Um, <laughs> thank you. It was thank a pl- you for it was a pleasure to come and die in your house. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, hopefully next week I'll be I'll be fit as a fiddle, as Go they say. So. You can find us at facebook.com slash podcast or facebook.com slash group slash podcast. Again, we are at serious underscore underscore issues on Twitter or at levdog at Siobhan CBG. 
And uh, you can send an email to seriousissues at kingscomics.com. We love hearing from you. We love talking to you. Yeah, I have a couple of emails to respond to. I'm going to get to them. Sorry, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so about comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.